And I'll just introduce this as part two. Introduce it as part two and, and then we can get rolling. All right, let's dive right in then. So hello, 19... No. No. Oh, <laughs> it's not a year. <laughs> We're yeah. off to a great start. It's, it's, it's incredible. Great start. Stephen, Stephen, I- part <laughs> Stephen two. delayed us by half an hour trying to be uh, make us not delayed. <laughs> Then my internet went down and now it's yeah. a year and not part two of Stephen. <laughs> of, of Brian De Palma, yes. Welcome back everybody to the second part of our Brian De Palma podcast. Another one of those ones where we just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and holy shit, where did the time go? Suddenly it was two and a half hours in and Ben was like, what the fuck? I expected this to be 90 minutes. But yes. here we are, part two. Are. Yes, okay. Untouchables. Well, weirdly, The Untouchables was uh, was the one film um, that I didn't bother re-watching for this uh, okay. because I, I've seen, you know, it's probably the De Palma film that I've uh, seen at least as often as Scarface, if not more, and Carrie and all the rest of them. And uh, yeah, is golden. Um, yeah, still love this film. Um, I, d- I do think that, um, I do think that the Oscar for Connery was kind of, you know, well, we, be- we, we, be- we, we better, better give him the Oscar. One. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, what the fuck is going yeah. on with his accent in this film? Well, he's supposed well, he's to be Irish, Irish isn't, isn't he? he? <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. That's the Chicago way. Uh, yeah. Mm. No. I want to get prepared to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, what can you say? It's, um, it's one of those movies that uh, I find when I do watch it, I enjoy it as much as I ever have. And, um, and it's a great supporting cast. The Ennio Morricone score is uh, yeah. lovely, and um, Armani outfits. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> it, it, it all comes together yeah. really fucking well. And there's and, and it's one of those ones. I know we've mentioned it before in many you know in years gone by, but it's also one of those movies where where the kind of you've got the stars, you've got the supporting stars, and you've got the minor supporting roles, and, and and almost all of them are always good people that you've seen in other things. You go, yeah, I like that guy, or I like that guy. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fucking yeah. Frank Nitty, buddy, Billy Drago. Yeah, like out. Billy Drago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Some really even, great set pieces in this one yes. that are put together just so well. This is, this is him at his most professional as a filmmaker. I'm like, this is what I want to see going forward. You know, he may not always get access to David Mamet as a writer like he did here, but I want to see this level of professionalism going on. And I, I get it in uh, in the next ten years. I, I I get it more than I don't get it. I'm happy to say, but this is uh, definitely one of the, the really really high points. This is top three yeah. uh, department for me. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Get out of here, you dago <laughs> bastard! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, and shall this I- was. This- Shall this I- this was when um this was still when De Niro was um I know he's I was gonna say acting heavyweight but I didn't mean the pun um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he went full Christian Bale didn't he on this one yeah and uh, yeah yeah and I, and I miss that about him you know I miss those times when when you know a De Niro performance was something to kind of you know 
don't know. Do Although you know, famously, I mean? um, didn't he pull Absolutely an Orson Wells and not learn his boat. lines? <laughs> I don't According know. to De Palma, he, he, he didn't learn his lines and De Palma was pulling his <laughs> what's left of his hair out on it. Oh, God, I, <laughs> I, I know uh, that there's a story, I think it's on the documentary. Quick mention of that, actually, if anyone out there hasn't seen all these films and, are, and are, you're kind of interested, there is a documentary just called De Palma where basically the director talks about each of his films, about sort of five minutes for each film, I guess, um, the entire back catalogue to, uh, I think it's Jake Castan and uh, one of the Coppola people, I think, directed it. It's a good advert for his career, essentially, where he tells anecdotes about each of the films that he made. It was one good, of the ones yeah. he tells about De Niro here is that De Niro bought a certain type of underwear, like silk, black silk underwear or something that apparently Al Capone wore. And De Niro insisted on having that even though you never see it. <laughs> Thank fuck, because he was pretty fucking yeah. fat in yeah, this yeah, film, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying, Ben. But this, it, yeah, there was a, a sweet period in De Niro's career where, it, you know, everything that was sort of coming out, there was something special about it. And yeah. you just know that he had, had a method for uh, d- doing the work back then, you know, before fucking Analyze That came along. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Meet the parents and all that stuff. Mm. Mm. Um, I think right, Casino sorry, Sean, was. Go on. Um, I think Casino was probably my highlight um, of that period with, with De Niro. But yeah, and um, heat. And that you hate, really interesting. No heat. Heat. Oh, that and right. heat. Oh right. Yeah. 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 Casino and heat. Um. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I know this film's so highly regarded, um, and and I'm basically pretty much going to. Re- well, no, I'm not going to repeat what. I'm, it's it. Obviously, it's a gangster film, so it's got the same thing. I've got the same feeling about it as Scarface. I can recognise it as a really well done film, um, yeah. but you know, I, I I pick holes in it because because of because of the genre, and and I don't really want to sound like fucking you know like a total downer. Um, so, but but I'm, I, I mean, for the sake of like comedy on the podcast, I'll probably pick it apart just for fun. Like, what the fuck is it with De Palma and sailors at train stations? All right, I didn't mention this in Blowout. So, so in, in Blowout, you've got the, you know, I love Lithgow um, murdering prostitutes to kind of make it look like there's a prostitute killer on the go. So obviously there's that whole scene with the prostitute trying to elicit a business with a, with a fucking sailor at a fucking train station in that film. And then it shows up again in this film in the infamous fucking scene at, at the end in the, in the big old train station. And I think he does it again, maybe at least another once later in his career. I think I've made a note of them all, but yeah, what the, what the fuck? So that sort of took me out of the film. And it's like, okay, De Palma's got a hard on for sailors in train stations. Um, but going back to the beginning of this film, so my, the, the first thing that pops into my head in the setup of this film is Kevin Costner's character is basically a goody two-shoes joy killer. And I'm like, you know, straight off the bat, it's like, you know, he's like a fucking, like, you know, jobs worth twat. And so I just couldn't <laughs> I couldn't get into his, his mission. Obviously, things really sort of, uh, you know, they really improve when Connery gets introduced and... Um, and the uh, the young guy. Costa's basically doing what Willem Dafoe was doing in Mississippi Burning, playing yeah. a straight man. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and so I'm not on board with his with his with with his with his mission really. And 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 I and because of that, I start noticing things that are put into the film to make 
it seem more virtuous, more honourable. What what he's doing? So they so they really amplify the villainy of the bad guys. And they you know they put in the the, the bombing where the the little girl um, is a is, is a sort of mm. casualty of. They put in yeah. the baseball yeah. bat scene with Al Capone at the dinner table. They really sort of drive home that these guys are really fucking bad. And the reason they do it is because Kevin Costner, you know, has got sand in his vag over over illegal alcohol sales. You know, and it's like, and, and and I know, I know it's prohibition, it's the 30s, and I know there was gang violence. Obviously, any time a, a substance is banned and there's a black market for it, it feeds um, other criminal activity. I understand all of that, I get it. But this is the story this film's telling, and I can't shake the feeling that the writers know that it's a little bit, oh, fucking, you know get over it, Costner, you know, it's just some people having a fucking illegal drink, you know, it's all right. They they have to make it seem, oh. you know, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, so I'm yeah. not on board with, with his, with his, um, with his uh, motivations. Uh, that said, well, you know, the idea yeah. of like, the idea of the, 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 the Avengers cop force thing is, is quite cool and it plays out quite nicely. And I'm going to say something awfully fucking dark and I forwardly apologise. I think what would have made the film a lot better and a lot more powerful is if after the shootout at the end and after the, the dust has settled, so to speak, um, Costner discovers that his family, who are in a safe house, have been got to, basically. I think if that had happened, um, and, you know, and it just would have been more... I'm not saying... I don't want to use positive words like better or good. It would have been more impactful. It would have been more emotionally, you know, powerful. Um, and I, so I was slightly more historically inaccurate. Yeah, well, I mean, the film was historically inaccurate <laughs> anyway, so was it matter? Well, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think the, yeah. the film ended perfectly with the fact that prohibition lifts, and yeah, the first I mean, thing Costa says is, "I'm going to yeah. go have a drink." Yeah, I thought that. I thought that was <laughs> yeah. fucking great, but it makes him even yeah. more of a twat. If you then, if you watch the first scene in context to that, you know, when he's grilling yes. the fucking uniforms. Uh, and yeah, basically yeah. coming across like a, a, a Jobsworth, it makes it makes him seem like even more of a twat. So that's my takeaway. I, I kind of I think it would have been more more did power. You, you know, at least like it when he uh, did break his rules and throw that fucking guy off the rooftop. Oh, abs- absolutely. So if we're if we're talking about like beats and moments and scenes and and mm. plot points of the film, I mean, I mean, I've got nothing but good stuff to say. I mean, I, I really, obviously, I, I among a lot of other people expected him to cut the rope, and you know, I was I was. Waiting Waiting for that to happen, and uh, when it when he doesn't, it helps nice it. To yeah, wait yeah. a bit. I mean, again, De Palma's <laughs> very good at doing that. No, it's fucking too fucking right. And the, the slow motion launch off of the building. I mean, that's glorious. You know, right. The, the, the wrong thing about that is obviously uh, Billy Drago. You know, strung up, pretending to fall, and literally like rotating his arms around like a windmill as he falls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, well, why do people do that when they fall through the air? Oh! <laughs> Oh, well, at least it yeah. isn't like old long arms in RoboCop, but at least it was an actual guy on a rope, you know, like on a on a hidden yeah. wire and not a fucking green screen. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. That I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't want to. Yeah, it's a it is a good film. It's obviously a good film, but you know, if if you're not into the genre and and you you watch twenty six De Palma films over the course of three weeks, like I did, yep. uh, those are the <laughs> those are the criticisms you're probably going to pull out. Yeah. Well, mm. thankfully for you, the next one is not uh, another gangster film. Um, 
gang of different sorts, as uh, uh, perhaps. Oh, but dear, uh, uh, it's a Vietnam <laughs> War movie. So, Casualties of War. Um, what a cast. Who wants to start on this one? What a cast. I think what a ben, fucking amazing yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we only recently talked about, we were talking about State of Grace, and it's like, hey, look, there, you know, there's John C. Riley. Here he is again in a similar period. I think this is before that film. You know, he's part of the gang in there. You've got um, uh, one of my favorite character actors, Don Harvey, is the real fucking shithead on the team. And then John Leguizamo yeah, is the yeah. new private on there. And then obviously uh, Sean Penn leading it and Michael J. Fox uh, as the two main leads. I think Fox... I don't want to say he's miscast. I think I think he's excellent in it, but I think someone else probably could have done a harder performance. I don't think he's made for this kind of film, but I think he gave it his damn best. If I, I, uh, I think if the I issue with put it that way. yeah, I think the issue with Jay Fox is is the association, the typecasting. He's it, it's too you cannot not yeah. see Marty McFly. Um, That's right. And if you or try really hard, if you if you try really hard to not see Michael J. J. Fox and 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 Sorry, just see yeah. the the character he's playing, I think he does a spectacular job. But you know he can, does. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, he's got baggage. Uh, I mean, Penn's yeah. fucking flawless in this film. He is amazing. Um, oh, he's superb. Yeah, and John C. Riley. I I think this might be the youngest I've ever seen him look because I always make the joke <laughs> about oh he's looked forty forever. Um, yeah, but and and it, this it was this film that um, lit a fire uh, under uh, um, Paul Thomas Anderson's ass, wasn't it? Which is why um, John C. Riley gets cast in all his films. I think it was Riley's performance in this that sort of made him love right. the guy. Yeah, well, I but, thought Don um, Harvey was better, but whatever. <laughs> well, he gets hit yeah. with the face with a fucking shovel. Yeah, this yeah. is um, this is like Platoon for me, and I said this when I recorded my own department thing years ago, so I better repeat it now. Um, this is like watching Platoon for me in that it is uh, really well made, very well written, has an amazing cast. Now, the cast are probably the best thing in this, but it doesn't pull many punches. It fucking uh, goes for it, which makes it a tough watch uh, in, in a lot of places, obviously, in the centre section of this film it's really really tough to watch but this is probably if we ever cover vietnam war movies as a subject on any form or another probably my uh, the one that i like the most in terms of which, filmmaking. which we will do because you keep bringing it up so we definitely will be doing oh really yeah <laughs> yes, I, I, yeah uh, and with that in mind this is easily again top three uh de palma movies for me i really really like this film uh, i really do and and i'll definitely get it when it comes out on uh hopefully a good 4K edition, which uh, The Untouchables came out in recently and apparently isn't a very good version, So, which is why I've not bought it, sadly. Mm. Anyway, let's let's hear mm. from, from, from Ben. From Ben, yes. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this is, I think, everything that you've said, cast is amazing. Uh, Sean Penn... Is a force of nature in the in the film. He's fantastic. My favorite single shot uh, of him, scene of him, is his reaction to Jay Fox smacking guy with the shovel. And, oh, and, it's and great. He's he, <laughs> just the just the. There's everything going on in his face in that moment. In that, there's this newfound respect for him. Yeah, wild <laughs> you know, excitement. Yeah, wild <laughs> excitement. I mean, he's just he's he is saying so much without saying anything at all, and that is that is great. Um, so yeah, uh, it is a tough watch. Uh, in respect to the subject matter and the and the um 
you know, the way they do it. I, they, one of the things that I, that I, I didn't like about it, um, and it's literally a, it's a small thing, but, um, so it was, uh, David Rob, right. Uh, Ray Rob screenplay story, Daniel Lang. So okay. what it, what it, what it was, I mean, you know, they're making a Vietnam movie, and so every character has to say "man" every couple of words, you know. And I and and I, I, I and I felt it was it took it kept trying to pull me out of the movie every time a character said "man" too much, and they all did it, you know. Now, I'm, and I don't I don't remember that being a problem or something. That, I mean, you know, you you could say, well, that's how they spoke. Uh, yeah, may, maybe, but I don't remember that being such a big thing to, in, you know, Platoon or, or you know, or Full Metal Jacket or anything else. Yeah. You know, I, 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 in this one, it just feel, felt forced, like, I, I, like there's just too many mans, you know, and it kept pulling me yeah. out of the movie. Yeah, I looked up uh, Rabe, the, the writer of the screenplay, and, and he was in that war mm. at the time. So I don't know if he picked it up from there or what. Yeah, uh, and and it might also be mean? it might also be tied in with what uh, what what we've already said about uh, Michael J. Fox being just you know just being such a hard um, casting choice in terms of you just can't not see Marty McFly or you know uh, or, or yeah. guy in Family Ties. It's really difficult because he did he because you know he does a, he does a great job and you know he, he's really good, but I think he is he is outclassed by Sean Penn. Um, yeah, and even the who's the guy you mentioned? You know the guy who gets whacked with the shovel, Don um, Harvey, yeah. right? Don Harvey. I mean, he Oxford is bastard. so evil, yeah. and he oh, yeah. he is just loving it, and and he's he's very very compelling as well. Yeah. Um, and um, and uh, so I I think he's he's getting a little bit overshadowed. I think in that sense, uh, but like, but I think he was, you know, uh, um. Yeah, I think he did as good as he could do, and and it's a great job. But but it's just because it's him, I think. You know, yeah. Um, I, think, uh, he just, I think the only thing that takes me out of the film is obviously fucking because it's a war movie. They all die fucking showing up. You know, the the, the older guy with the fucking yeah. mustache that's in all Captain the bloody Hill, war movies because it could because he's the one that does the all the all the training of you know with actors puts them through boot camp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always get taken out when I see him. Sometimes I'm like, "Hey, there's Dale Die," but other times I'm, if it's deadly serious like this, I'm like, "Yeah." And he's not bad. He's not a bad actor. Yeah. He gets to no, no, you know bring yeah. bring the harsh realities home. He's the one that says yeah. to him, "Look, you know, when these guys get out, they're going to be looking for a bit of payback." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I, I quite liked um, you know Ving Rhames uh, as well in terms of his kind of where he's at in terms of that yeah. as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a great. It's I mean, you know, we, we've we mentioned in our private chat uh, last night about uh, redacted coming up later on being you know a wholly yep. inferior sort of rehash of this idea um <laughs> and <laughs> and it is um but uh, yeah this was uh, i mean we 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 will do the vietnam or the war movie thing i mean you know just this, i mean i remember this period really well in terms of you know you you had uh, Heartbreak Ridge you know uh, Platoon and Hamburger Hill Hamburger and Hill, yeah. full, full Metal Jacket and this and you know it, 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 there were so many it, it, right in that mid eighties late eighties yeah you know period yeah um, you, coming on the back of like a second wave after Deer Hunter and Apocalypse Now and all that sort of stuff yeah I was and say, um, yeah. you know 
uh, so we've got to talk about it sometime because yeah, that the, there there's a definitely a discussion to be had there. I mean, this, this it's a great film. This film is is a Schindler's List or a Requiem for a Dream for me. It's like yeah, it's 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 just not very pleasant, is it? But no. it's so good. It's such a well performed and well written film. Um, I kind of I've, I felt like the opening scene where it's like present day. Um, although it's not long after he returns to America, I kind of yeah. th- that sort of threw me a bit because I was expecting it to be a flashback film, um, right? More than it, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it it ends in the present day again after the after yeah, the events. Yeah, he does those bookends every yeah, now and again. Yeah, yeah. so I, I thought it was going to be. I, I really thought it was going to be a deer hunter, like a you know, several years after the fact, and he's PTSD'd up because of events, and you were going to see what those events were in flashback. Mm. It didn't happen. Um, The the thing that makes it so... Well, there are two points for me that make this film as just quite as powerful as it is. The first is the the performance of the the death of Brownie, um, which is just staggering. I mean, you you feel so fucking bad for the guy, and he's, he's really like the death coughing and everything is just fucking perfect um mm. and it's really grim and really nasty and the second it's it's not so much the the horrific act itself that is inevitably coming after they kidnap the uh, the farm girl it's the fact that the film makes you wait so long for that to happen it's like they kidnap her and then they cart her through the jungle for a day, you know yeah. 24 hours and you just know that at some point this there's something you know you know what's going to happen and it's it's going to be you fucking you even nasty. have a moment yes. don't you there's yeah. there's or there's also a moment where Sean Penn where 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 his character is kind to her yeah uh, yeah or with gives the, her a drink the, or something or yeah, you know, with the medicine think, yeah. yeah yeah the medicine and and, and you think Oh, is he going to? You know, like what? Yeah, that kind of yeah. Or, or, a you, bit or of- yeah, or you think shit is 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 uh, J Fox going to be able to like rescue her somehow, or are they going to get intercepted, or are they going to get captured by the Viet Cong? Is something else going to happen that prevents this inevitable mm. <laughs> that you can see coming thing happen? And it's yeah. that it's it's that section of the film where it it makes you fucking wait that makes it so so powerful if they if they broke into a house and sort of you know did the ho- horrible thing there and then the film like would just redacted yeah it would just lose all yeah. all sort of yeah all all weight yeah. um the the only thing yeah. that i i felt was was a little bit um uh, 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 on the rewatch i never noticed it before watching film but on the rewatch um i i felt as a, i felt a little bit contrived was 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 Sean Penn's character, I can't remember his name, Meserve, is it? Meserve? Um, I can't remember his name. Tony something. Anyway, um, he, him making them all come up to where they're scoping out the, the you know, on the train tracks, where where it all happens, where, where you know, where she gets shot and that that, that final, uh, you know, sort, sort of horrendous scene where they're all just shooting at her. And uh, and and the uh, the uh, the Don Harvey um, guys stabbed her and everything. I mean, it's uh, it's, the, shit, yeah. it's awful, yeah, awful. But but him, you know, because yeah, I know it's a sequence of events in that you know uh, Clark goes back to the camp and 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 relieves you know uh, uh, let leaves Jay Fox there or no no Jay Fox goes back to the camp and 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 you know and 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 in the end they he he gets them all to come up to there bring the girl and she's coughing and splattering she's been coughing and splattering for ages and and it's like i'm not sure he would do that because he'd be 
giving away his position. And I, but I, I, you have to kind of think, is he just that unhinged at this point? He's that, gone mental at this point. That I he's think. just, yeah, 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 he's just past being, uh, you know, taking care of business in terms of protocol and his, 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 his business side, you know, because up until that point, there's been, he's balanced those two things really well. You know, the insanity of what they're doing with this girl against the actual kind of you know, nuts and bolts of procedure, what they're, what they're supposed to be doing out on their patrol, you know? I like that and, moment. It really drives it home when the general's like hammering Michael J. Fox about, you know, taking him to task. And he, he points out that Sean Penn's character, he's 20 years old, you know? Yeah, and you think, yeah. fuck yeah, these young men, like all testosterone up and, and fucking, oh, yeah. you know, in this situation. Yeah. yeah. I, I also really kind of, I thought it was powerful that um, um, the actress that, that played the um, the ki- the kidnappy, you know, Fei Fu Li, her name is. She's the uh, she is the student on the train as well. She the, she plays both roles. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is powerful, you know. Uh, uh, I thought that was good that they did that. Um, yeah, good film, but but yeah, I know, I know what you mean when you say that it has something of the Schindler's List about it yes. in terms of. It's it is such an unpleasant subject matter that you don't really want to kind of come back to it too often. Although I, I would probably say that Cinder's List is is worse for that in terms of the harrowing. You know, it, yeah. it's so harrowing that I don't want to ever watch it again. Yeah. Well, that's what I would say about this. Great, great film, mm. but I'll never watch mm. it again. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's it is yeah. one of them, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah but hey, based on true life events, nasty fucking stuff. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, right, right, guys. Nineteen nineties, the bonfire of the vanities, and oh, have I got any opening comments? Oh, Sean's laughing no, already. Got an opening laugh. <laughs> I just, I just, the thing is, right, is, is I, 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 the film is what it is. Like, I didn't have a particularly strong feelings for or against it. It was just kind of like, Neh. But it was only after the fact, when I was reading about it and doing some research, that I, I learned what a fucking critical mm. shit show it was. And that's why I'm laughing. It's like, oh, yeah. just, a, a, just a shit show all over. Absolutely a yeah. shit show. I've not read the book. I'm dying to read the book. I think it was The Devil's Candy. And But yeah. uh, to reference the De Palma documentary that we mentioned on part one, I think De Palma sums it up beautifully. And Sean, you've actually just sort of touched on it as yourself there by saying the film actually isn't all that bad by itself just don't read the book yeah he said that on the um, <laughs> on the dot yeah yeah which i thought was um, funny and i i kind of agree tom hanks is clearly miscast um it's just kind of a a bit of you know what's it all about well, really uh, also and, said on that documentary that like the, the the only way for that story to work is to make the Tom Hanks character mm. a bit more of an arsehole. He should be a bit of a shit, um, not like not villainous, yeah. but just like a bit of a, a tough wanker basically. Um, but of course, the studio wanted yeah. Tom Hanks, and then once you've got Tom Hanks, you can't make him out to be bad. So um, that's why it sort of fell apart. And yeah. I, I tend to agree with him because it's like, you know, you've, you've got these like hoity-toity twats and there's, there's a, that class um, sort of element to the story. And yeah, it didn't work, unfortunately. It may, he's kind of unsympathetic in no. modern day terms, just on, on the merit yeah. of being a wealthy sort of st- uh, investor 
uh, type character anyway. He's basically like one of the brothers in Trading Places, isn't he? Who owns, owns the fucking company. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or Patrick Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> or Patrick Fuck him. Bateman, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> it is this. The, the, the tone is all over the place with this film. And I didn't mind some of the funny stuff. And I, I certainly liked a lot of the technical work that was going on. You know, it opens with a lovely, you know, one that follows Bruce Willis around. Uh, I still think that's very impressive. Willis himself, he's a, he's a slightly better fit. But again, you know, it, it's just kind of a, do, do you give a shit at the end of the day? Because it's literally a story about <laughs> people you don't fucking sympathize with <laughs> at all. Mm. Uh, so yeah. in that sense, it should have been much more satirical than it was. But it's certainly got its moments. And, and it's got some... Some nice uh, either cameos or uncredited roles, like F. Murray Abraham as the fucking douchey mayor, I think is uh, suitably hilarious. Uh, mm. Morgan Freeman, I, I think, you know, uh, uh, he didn't quite land his role because he gives a speech at the end and it's kind of like, fucking whatever. Uh, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Ben? Yes, I have so little to say about this film because I really didn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but not in a way that w- where you want to rage at it. It was just kind of, yeah, yeah. it's, I, I, this is one of those movies that I, you know, um, I saw back in the day, but it was, I, I remember the kind of the backlash on it, you know, and then the stunt casting with Willis, cause obviously coming off a of die hard and, mm. and, uh, you know, and, and I just totally agree in terms of, you know, that Tom Hanks thing. I mean, this is obviously pre, Forrest Gump and all that Tom Hanks, but it's still kind of yeah. Tom Hanks. It's still, still dragnet Tom Hanks and, yeah, you know, big Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. The um, so yeah, totally, totally wrong. I, I, I didn't like Willis, uh, the casting of Willis either. I have to say, um, and still don't when, when I, when I watch it. Um, but I think this is, only his the character doesn't, his character's uh, arc doesn't pay off at all either. It's like, it, it's set yeah. up at the beginning, like the opening scenes with Willis and you think, oh wow, there's going to be, their stories are going to entwine at some point. It's going to be really clever and all that. And it just isn't, <laughs> you know, it's like it just falls flat mm. on his face. Uh, it might've been interesting had some of the other um, people who were in the running or who, who were, were considered for the roles been actually cast. It might've actually changed things quite nicely. You know, um, I know that Chris Reeve and, uh, you know, he was up for it. I thought, and I, I mean, maybe I'm biased because I just, I, I always like to see other things that he did, you know, mm. um, outside of Superman and, and whether, whether, you know, and, and, and especially when they were good, you know, it was, Absolutely. it was a nice thing. Yeah. And so I'm always keen to sort of, uh, you know, to, to have, to support that idea, but you know, yeah, if, if the end result was this, then no, nah, not. Um, <laughs> I've just realized that a, a young Kirsten Dunst was in the film as Campbell McCoy. <laughs> yeah. mm, oh shit. Yeah, F. Murray yeah. Abraham was the DA, not the mayor. Whoops. Yeah. The, the elephant yeah. in the room is how well yeah. this film hasn't aged in terms of AIDS jokes, the N bomb about a million times. There's race humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, the M bombs, yeah. the M bombs, de- deliberate couple, though. So mate. I don't think the, we can no, criticize it for that. Um, there's mm. some, there's some other yeah. sort of risque race humor. I'm not saying like I'm in agreement or or non-agreement with this. I'm just pointing out the fact it just wouldn't fly today. Yeah, just yeah. There's, yeah, there's Arabs well, and blacks and well, Irish yeah. jokes. It's fucking chock uh, full. Well, I, 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 I think also if you, if you're gonna do, like if like if you do an out and out. 
um, comedy. You know, if you're doing National Lampoon's yeah. Bonfire of the Vanities and, and you have this idea that you drive into the Bronx or wherever, you drive into a, a, an area that, you know, a, a, and and it's so dangerous that you literally can't even drive there before you know someone uh, <laughs> starts like giving you aggro. Then that's one thing. But in a film like this, it kind of it. it re- I, I thought that played really badly. This idea, of, <laughs> you know, just taking one wrong turn and oh no, okay, now you're in a totally life threatening and you know just her- horrendous so, situation. So dangerous that you the think, Palmer well, has to yeah. do a Hitchcock zoom on Tom Hanks when he's moving the tire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 like, and and that and the t- and that as well. That that's some terrible acting. That moving it, it's like it's a fucking tire. Just pick it up. <laughs> I think I think the only yeah, thing I liked in it was um, Melanie Griffiths. Um, she comes out with some cracking lines because uh, obviously her character's supposed to be played a bit stupid, and she's naturally got she's yeah. naturally got the perfect voice for that. Yeah. Sherman, you know I yes, only yeah. read the papers spasmodically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spasmodically. No, thanks. Oh, the, the other one, it wasn't <laughs> her, but it was um, it was one of Willis's character's contemporaries where she, where she says, no, thanks, Peter. The last time I sat on your face, I ended up with a yeast infection. I thought that was quite amusing as well. <laughs> as Willis <laughs> is trying to get in there. Is that, is that a Beth yeah. Broderick who's... Who sits on the photocopier? <laughs> oh no, I'm not sure it was photocopying her, it might have been her ass and yeah, vagina. Was, I don't know. Early, anyway, it's shit. And I love the fact that we completely glossed over it when we did 1990 a month or two ago. Uh, that was quite amusing. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, there we We've go. We've covered it now, and it's shit. So, shall we move on then? Let's move on. Yeah. So to the un, uh, unintentional comedy that yeah. is raising Kane. Okay, well, <laughs> well, that spoils that for me. I was going to say, I wonder which one of you two really dug this film for what it neither, was. I think neither of us, <laughs> Stephen, unfortunately. Like the the, I tell you what, though, it'd make an wow. excellent comedy double bill with Dress to Kill. I'd have Dress to Kill first, followed by this one. <laughs> um, why don't yeah. why, why don't you uh, why don't you talk about it first, Stephen? <laughs> Well, I, I saw this one on, on a pirate video when it came out, and oh god, what was it? It, it? it took me by surprise because I didn't know what to expect. You know, just backed on the video, and and there's because there's two different cuts of this film. The one that I saw, it gives away that um, Lithgow is a killer pretty early on. You get you get the scene with the the mum in the car with the kids. You get that very early on. So so that's the that's the the initial first shock that you get. And then after that, you get the cheating wife and then him turning on her and doing the whole psycho, you know, sticking her in the back of the car and putting her in the pond. And yeah. then there's that great jump scare when she comes back and he sees her on the home video. So it was a sort of a mixed bag of, whoa, 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 this is going a bit all over the place. But it's also on rewatch, really fucking slow for a short film. And that horrible soft focus is back that I was bitching about, yeah. which I can't fucking stand. But I do think that... Um, John Lithgow is having a great time with this. And I remember the first clip I saw, which would have been on America's top 10, where he has been captured and he's in, you know, he's being talked to by the, the you know, the, the, the nurse with a big fucking wig. <laughs> and she wants to know, you know, what personalities she's talking to. And then the nutter comes out and headbutts her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I enjoyed things like that. But I remember watching it all the way through for the first time. I was like, who am I supposed to sympathize with here? Because he's obviously a, a, a killer and a nutter. And his wife, aside from that, 
is uh, uh, floundering around with an old lover. So I'm like, am I supposed to like her? Um, you know, I like her a, a little bit more than a murderer, I guess. But at the same time, you know, she's fucking cheating on her husband, not knowing that he's a fucking nut job. So who am I supposed to fucking like in this film? So that's the trouble mm. I have with it. It gets very interesting towards the end when you get the the older character and you get to know a little bit more about the different um, uh, psyches that come out of him. And then there's obviously the, the you know, the, which is quite famous now, the final, sh- the final reveal shot of him. Her, should I say. <laughs> uh, standing mm. behind Lolita Davidovich. But yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of trying to go for that sort of horror thing that he did before, but it feels a little bit tamer. A lot tamer, in fact, in places, I think. I think a lot of the things like uh, sex and violence are brought down a notch. Certainly the like sex and nudity isn't as prevalent as it was in his earlier films. No, thrillers. it's not, but there's still so, a really uncomfortable to watch intimacy scene, which is another De Palma special. You just sort of, you feel, you feel like sticky yeah. after you've watched it, you know, not in a good way. <laughs> yeah so that's my sort of thoughts on it I don't ever come back to this I've never owned it I, I, Arrow I'm always mentioning yeah, Arrow yeah. video because they've released a good most one, of his yeah. back catalogue and they're de- and, and they're definitely worth getting because they've always got great extras on these things not necessarily commentaries but there's always at least a making of that gets to go into it so I love all that sort of stuff and I've seen that sort of stuff for, for this film but yeah I don't have inter- any interest in, in uh, owning it it's one of the lesser thrillers, you know. I think my um, expectations yeah, were a little bit um, too high on. for it going in, and so I was ultimately sort okay. of disappointed. The f- the, my first major criticism of it is the fact it it looks like mm-hmm. a straight to TV film. You know what I mean? It it looks like a TV special from the early nineties. So straight away, it looks yeah, it awful, doesn't have a, doesn't a very it? sort of film like quality. Fucking smoking. I mean, my, it's a bit of a shame, really, because it, it's like you know, Gail Ann Hurd's producing, and like I think, what, what did I write down? Lithgow plays a maniac again, and then I, I think I wrote within five minutes he's chloroformed a mother, kidnapped her kids, kissed her unconscious face, and talked to an evil imaginary twin <laughs> of himself. And then I said, "This will be good," you know. I thought, "Oh, well, okay, we're going to see some pure Lithgow." Yeah. But then it just sort of nah. It's I think it lost me when you had like the the ten minute long exposition dump with the nurse about two thirds of the way through the film. It's <laughs> like you know, Hitchcock. So actually, I don't know. Is it quite as bad as Hitchcock doing a movie trailer trailer where he just reveals the entire plot of a film? Or I don't know. I don't know. It's probably on par with the with the opening yeah. scene of uh, Suicide Squad, which is twenty five minutes of exposition. Yeah. So I think you mm. saw the theatrical cut that yeah. I did as well, whereas the director's cut, like I said, shuffles things around a little bit. Uh, I did. Uh, I did rewatch so, the um, the jump scare of Lithgow in drag at the end, probably fifteen, sixteen times. I watched that a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> I, I prefer Lilita Davidovich on the baby cam uh, monitor when she comes into view yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's all wet because she's obviously uh, uh, you know saved herself and that's a, that's a good jump scare that, you know it's a jump scare for his character he's like but she's still alive and he's obviously a, in a different personality I think I did time. that because it's more of a jump chuckle yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my favorite, my favorite jump chuckle uh, is the is the <laughs> autopsy morgue scene where she, where and they they set up this idea of this terrifying face. You know, look at the face she made as she as she died, and they go and they whip the flicking cloth down, <laughs> and it's just this 
It just, I, I burst out laughing. I literally just, it just made, made me laugh. It was like something out of Evil Dead or something, or, or, or just, it was so unintentionally hilarious. And I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. You know, I don't remember it. Being, you know, I, I mean, I've mentioned this movie before and um, in, when it's, when we've, uh, probably when we're talking about, you know, uh, Lithgow in other things like in Cliffhanger or something like that. I might have mentioned Raising Cain um, in, in a positive light, <laughs> having not seen it for ages. And, uh, and yeah, I was like, hmm, yeah. I mean, it could have been, I mean, you got to remember, this is what, 92? 92, yeah. Yeah, 92. Yep. I mean, yep. I mean, we're right around the corner from Silence of the Lambs. You know, that was a year before, wasn't it? And Yeah. I mean, C- Cliffhanger you know, was a year after. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and American Psycho was 2000 or thereabouts, wasn't it? And I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying that uh, every film that uh, d- decides to be a psychological horror thriller type thing has got to be, you know, really, really near the knuckle in terms of its its violence or, or anything else. But but yeah, this did this did play very tame and very TV. The the, the question yeah. is 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 it bingeable alongside Sisters, Blowout, Dress to Kill, Body Double, and then Raising Kane? Could you do that as a binge watch? And I don't know. I don't think you could. Uh, I'm no. not sure there's enough. I, I think I, I think I'd want I'd want just some of the little like the, the, some of the funny bits <laughs> put a together, and that's it, and not the, the rest of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. The yeah. yeah, I yeah. I I don't quite count it in the the the, the category of those others. Not quite. It no. could have been, but but he the, he like I said he did uh, other stuff with this one. It's mm. a thriller uh, and a horror thriller to an extent, and and he'll do more of those coming forward. But there are more films to come that would probably sit a little bit more at home with his stuff from the seventies and eighties. But we'll see when we get on to them. Uh, I, I mean, just 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 as a thing, I, I've got the poster in front of me here, and there's a thing, and at the top it says "Demented, Deranged, Deceptive, De Palma," and you just think, "Wow, that's that's bigging it up in a way that it does not deliver on, does it?" Yeah. <laughs> It's probably the sign he has hanging outside his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Dear. Shall we right crack then. on? Let's crack on. Let's crack on. Good. That's 1993 Carlito's way major change uh, right here. And um, I have to say, this is what I remember seeing this one because it was 1993. This was the same year that we got Clint Eastwood's um, A Perfect World with Kevin Costner. And the reason why I mentioned that film is because that film and this film bookend exactly the same way with your lead character dying, looking up at the sky no, or looking I thought, up. Uh, sorry. I, um, anyway, after just being I thought you were going to say they bookend in exactly the same way by having the finale in a train station with sailors again. <laughs> are you all about the untouchables no, mate there's a train station and, <laughs> and sailors and this in this one. one as well and in blowout <laughs> and in a cover yeah. yeah yes but 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 not but not in a perfect oh, world right, thank okay. god yeah so and some people have issue with that sort of uh, thing where you start your film with the, your main character dying and then you go through the rest of the film and then is there any stakes and I guess Casualties of War had a similar thing because it had the character of Ericsson in a sort of future time thinking back to the war. And, so, and I knew a couple of people, one person uh, definitely that I met who 
said they didn't like the film or they had trouble getting excited about the content of the film because they knew Michael J. Fox wasn't in any danger because he was still alive at the end of the film. And I thought, well, you're kind of missing the point. If that, that, that's what you're focusing on with that film. This one, on the other mm. hand, I remember watching it for the first time and seeing that and completely fucking forgetting about it. About that, that existed until I got to the end. Until it got to a, a train station, I might have been like, oh shit, is something going to happen here? And... De Palma, who I will credit as being really fucking good at putting together 10 scenes in his films, just building tension, building tension. I think this film delivers in, in that, in several scenes, but certainly there at the end as well, right up, right up to the very end until John Leguizamo shows up and pops in one. I was like, oh, fucking hell shit. So, so in that respect, this one worked an absolute treat. And that's just the beginning and the end I'm talking about. You know, there's more to talk about in the middle, which I'll get to, but I want to let you guys have a quick chat first. But this one is definitely top three Brian De Palma for me. It might even be my number one favorite Brian De Palma film. I watch this one a lot. I I do not think that it's a in any way a sequel to, <laughs> to uh, Scarface <laughs> for obvious reasons. But it was lovely to see those two come back together, actor and director, and deliver this. And... Uh, more notes to come on Sean Penn. Woo, yeah. But um, Ben, 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 take the mic off me. I can't shut up. Uh, all right. Yeah, yes, yes. Shush. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really like this film. I'll say that right off the bat. But now the, now the thing that you were saying, now I didn't mind the whole bookend thing because <clears throat> if if because they don't do the entire, he doesn't die at the beginning. He's in the ER. He's been shot. Well, he's, on, he's, he's, being he's still in the station. He's being wheeled off the, out yeah, the station. He, he, so, yeah. so, so you don't have that. He, he doesn't have the whole kind of, you know, time to, you know, that, that monologue thing going on with the, the, you get at the end where, where he definitely, that's it. Um, yeah. You know, so, 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 you know, you have that kind of little sliver of hope that there could be a way out of it. And it's just, it, it's, it's a tiny one, admittedly, but it was enough for me to kind of, you know, to, to think, oh, well, okay, well, I, I you know, it may or may not be the end, you know. Um, yeah. the, the only thing that I, 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 you know, I guess um, I knew that the, you know, you know that the Leguizamo character is, that's going to have a payoff somewhere. And, and I, I do like the way that that, that, that is, it, it ends up being him that pops him. Um, and um, <laughs> I, I love the fact that he also immediately pops Louise Guzman as well. <laughs> Who's the one yeah. that sold Pacino out? <laughs> He's like, yeah. no, you stay here yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, you stay here too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. This is definitely in my top five. Uh, this one, um, I, I like it. In fact, in in the run up to you know, in watching all the De Palmas in the run up to this, um, I, I, I'm very surprised how well this replayed for me, in, especially in contrast to to Scarface, you know, which I yeah. would have. Uh, they've literally, I think they've swapped places um, and, and, and more in terms of my favorites, you know, but um, yeah, it's great. And um, yeah, I was very, uh, it's, again, one of those nice uh, supporting casts as well. You know, even like a little Vigo in there and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. doing the so, Magneto uh, work, man. Yeah, yeah, um, but and, and I just I, I also you know you um, I always like a, I know Sean's not a fan of the crime yeah you know, that that the stuff so I know that he's probably not going to be 
too disposed to this movie, but but I do like I I do like um you know crime thrillers and I mean um you know uh, gangster stuff and all that mob stuff and um but and I think that um the uh, the whole uh, I think this works really well in terms of the idea of uh, of of uh, um you know Carlito Briganti you know trying to trying to go straight kind of thing but just you know, right. not being able to in in a, in a much better way than say Godfather three or whatever. You know, the other yeah. other ways that yeah yeah this works really well. I thought mm. yeah they they try to I try to get out they pull me back in. That's the Godfather part <laughs> three. But for the longest time, I thought it was this. <laughs> it may as well be no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you what do you yeah. th- uh, actually? No, I'll let, let Sean talk first. Uh, oh, mm. I, I have a few things to say actually, but I just want to pick up on what you were just doing there. I mean, you've literally just proved the point there by like. Go, you know, which film was that from again? By the just how fucking typecast these actors are, and how similar are these fucking plots of gangster <laughs> films are. But actually, what I was going to say is, no, Cully is way. I'm, I'm well on board with this one. And um, how do I sort of concisely say it? it it's like it, it's because I see it as a very, very good story that just happens to be set within the criminal world. So I don't know if I quite consider this a gangster mm. film. Um, it's, it's kind of in the same way that. Um, Reservoir Dogs really kind of is a gangster film, but it isn't. It's just a good story set within criminals. Mm. So, so, uh, so no, yeah. because of that, I'm well on board um, with with Collier's way. Okay. Um, it's probably, as it stands at the moment, my second favourite of the De Palma films. Um, in spite nice. of, you cannot help but draw comparisons. You know, you've got Al Pacino playing a fucking gangster again. Admittedly, he's gone straight. Uh, you've got all the typical tropes of a gangster film, you know, with a bent lawyer and fucking, you know, police corruption and, and you know, people fucking each other over. But it it, it works. It works really well. Um, I had to forgive the fact that he looks like Tony Stark. Um, so there's a couple of shots there where it's like uncanny <laughs> how much he looks like him. I had to also forgive the here's Johnny shot from when he's, you know, being enticed into the apartment. With the woman, I saw. I mean, that was a bit on the nose. I was like, "Oh, really? You've done that?" And um, I think me and you, Stephen, mentioned earlier when we were talking about Grand Theft Auto and how sort of absorbing these De Palma, very classic De Palma films, later in the day after they've been aped in other pop culture mediums. This one was really sort of because I obviously like the others that I've mentioned. I hadn't seen this at the time. This is the first time watching it. So the the Jewish lawyer that Sean Penn spectacularly plays oh fucking he is yeah. he was literally so that good. entire character appearance and corruption level was completely ripped off and he was a character in GTA I think it was Vice City it might have been um... now, he, he was in two he was in Vice City then he appeared in again Andreas. in the Los yeah. Angeles one yeah so yeah. after it Voiced by um, Bill Fickner. Yeah. So he Bill looks Fickner. exactly the same. Glasses. He's got like the yeah. perm and the fucking oh, yeah. receding hairline. That fucking and look. And he's a that 70s yeah. look, man. Yeah, the glasses, the, the, yeah, the hair. It's uh, perfect. Just absolutely wonderful. And apparently all that, that hairdo look was uh, Sean Penn's oh, idea. Yeah, deal. yeah, he just showed he, up uh, with it, didn't he? He, yeah. he came up with it. And it's like, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you put that next to Casualties as well, it's like, God damn it, they should have done a These third kids, movie yeah. together because yeah. they they did he, they did some, some of my best work from Sean Penn has been with uh, Ed Palmer yeah. for sure and I don't consider myself mm. a massive Sean Penn fan but there are Sean Penn performances out there that I'll you know go to bat for any day 
Uh, and both of those that's it. That's it. Sure. Yeah. And then it's it's got like the two other things it's really got going for it um, to me is that again, in spite of it being sort of a, a, a crime drama slash come gangster film, um, that there's there's enough sort of uh, you know it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't retread the same trope so much as as gangster films. The story itself is quite compelling. You know he's going to get yeah. pulled back into uh, uh, the criminal world and you know he's going to get fucked yeah. over, but but you don't expect... Well, I personally couldn't quite see how it was going to happen. Um, so therefore, I was along for the ride. It wasn't just like ticking boxes, oh, oh here we go, and then he's going to get fucked over. And then just to sort of the yeah. icing... Yeah, the only thing that was ticking was the, uh, the, 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 the ticking bomb aspect yeah. of the... <laughs> Narrative, you just, you know yeah, something's yeah, going to fucking yeah, happen. Yeah, but it, it yeah, and, and you're excited and you're excited for that, but you don't. Know yeah, so it, it, there be. was enough yeah. there to kind of keep it up, and so then good. of course the icing on the cake is it, it ends with like the the whole train station and and the uh, underground train <laughs> that, that whole sequence, the pursuit of the the three mobsters, sailors. Go, yeah. It, uh, aside from the fucking, what is it with him at say and sailors at station? Um, the whole <laughs> sequence was just really well done, really nicely shot. Um, really tense, you know. Re- the build-up was great, and then, of course, uh, as as Ben and you both mentioned, um, the the sort of uh, leg leguizar. What the fuck can I say his name? Him getting shot by the guy fucked over earlier in the film. You know, it was it was leguizamo. Leg it was like it was like Ben said. It was like you know he's gonna you know there's gonna be some kind of uh, you know comeuppance for for this for that thing in the in the mm. club earlier in the film but by that point because he's just sort of yeah. evaded these three mobsters you've you've almost forgot about it and then suddenly just bang and it's like there it is yeah, yeah. so i've i've got nothing bad to say about it <laughs> um i think it's really well made and it looks really good and um yeah, I, uh, I I've seen the film so often now that when uh, uh, all the bit that once he's finished with a shootout and he's running to the platform to uh, meet Penelope Ann Miller's character, uh, as the camera follows him running and they're running together, you see Leguizamo join them and runs on the left side of them. <laughs> so he's so he, so he's in the shot for a little bit before he uh, he, he uh, sort of you know, hey, pew, yeah, yeah, which is. Uh, yeah, I just noticed that now. Just I'm, I mean, he does look a bit like a rat, times. you know, with those glasses yeah. and hat on and everything, you know. And he looks like Splinter <laughs> from uh, from Turtles. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. let's move on to Mission Impossible. Now, we've all talked about Mission Impossible on our Mission Impossible pod, which is still on the feed, so do go back and listen to that. We talk about Mission Impossibles 1 to 5. Uh, we've yet to talk about 6, and then obviously 7 is out this year, and 8 possibly next year and I think we'll probably round up the series once the eighth one is out and do a second half to the first half that we've done already so more on that another day but let's talk about how the guys feel about Mission Possible now a few years on or five years on or so since well, we I love last, the fact uh, you just mentioned the eighth one like, I cannot wait to see Tom Cruise on his Zimmer frame in the eighth one chasing after a plane <laughs> or hanging out of a helicopter or something he's, he's yeah. probably filming it right now so you, uh, we were all pretty solid on the first one. For most of us, it was either our first or second favorite movie in the franchise. But let's just focus on the film itself rather than where it stands in the franchise because we just want to mention the first one. Um, I, I mean, I probably said it back then. I think De Palma was a very, very suitable choice. And I mainly put that down to... I mean, obviously, the great set pieces in here with the giant fish tank and the bit with the train at the end, especially the break-in. 
at the um, at Langley. That's that's you know uh, the Palmer through and through. But for me, it's always the cold open. Not the cold open. The first the first mission that goes wrong. I mm-hmm. loved all of that. The way that that was filmed and put together, I found that so tense. I was I was in, and I knew what was fucking happening. And I couldn't will the film not to do something else. I'm, I always say I'm always f- feel gutted when uh, Emilio Estevez goes out, <laughs> but the rest of the yes, team as too, well. Yeah. yeah, but the rest of the team as well. And the way that he, you know, just is filming the fog in Prague, and even Kristen Scott Thomas looks fucking perfect. You know, standing there in the fog and the shadows with her dark hair, her pale face, and her red lipstick. Um, I'm just like, fuck me. Whoever filmed this really fucking knows what the hell they're doing. And then you get that great typical De Palma thing where you have someone, this is the Kittred scene in the fish tank restaurant where, he, where they recall what had happened that evening and you go back and through De Palma's ca- camera, you then see the characters that are set around the room watching uh, Tom Cruise's team. And that's typical, you know, you know, De Palma sort of voyeurism going on, you know, recalling mm. a previous event, but making but you through, focus on the, the person that was through, looking yeah, back at them. He's piecing yeah. it together because oh. it, it isn't actually yeah. literally what happened, but it's a sequence of events of how it could have happened and how it probably did happen. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's that's mm. later on when he talks to Jean Voigt, when Jean Voigt comes back from the dead, oh, when, he, yes. when he puts together yes, his head. Yeah, I thought you were happened. talking about that, because yeah. that's like an often, it, it, it's like that's that's a technique that's not often seen. Yeah, um, yeah I thought you were meant that, it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. but that, but, but that scene, but that, that scene totally counts as well in, in that respect, yeah. yeah. But so, so that's where I get, that's where I'm, I'm like, yes, absolutely, and why this one, you know, still ranks pretty high for me. Uh, if it's not in my top five, it's, it's do, very do close think- to it. Of, of do, do you think, movies? like retrospectively, that huh? it, it thinks it's a little cleverer than it actually is? I not any more or less so than the sequels. Right. So I still think it's pretty clever for what it is. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I yeah. Get, yeah. I, I guess if you unpack it, you you have to reverse engineer it from the bad guy's perspective, and then does it? Then does everything make sense? Uh, for, for the movies that he's made, mm. don't know, but um, no, it's I good mean, I think I have me. to be, I, I have to be quite careful actually, because I think a lot of my criticisms of it would be based on the fact that others have come since, and that's not how it sounds. Um, like I think you know the the ones that came after were better or anything. It's more like you know, uh, Mission Impossible yeah. seems to always start with you know, you know, him being declared. Um, you know, an enemy by his own people, and it just keeps coming. But you disavowed, yeah, disavowed. You know. let's, let's, yeah, it's, it's sort right. of. Let's, let's not I, go down well, that I've got to say, hole. I've got to give <laughs> De Palmer his credit. Um, first off, for casting Emmanuel Burr and not, you know, not doing a nude scene with her. That must have been very difficult for him. So oh. well done, Brian. Well, Ben and I were not happy well about done, that. Brian De Palmer. I just know how <laughs> difficult that would have been for him. Um, you know, to to not do that. Mm. Well, it was a PG, so you know. I bet you he had a meeting. You know, can, yeah. we, can we can we make this a I'll fifteen look. and just have some booby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I will say in regard to the sequels is that uh, a lot of the a lot certainly a lot of the, the later sequels have found their own tone. So they all sit together nicely. This one stands apart. The second one stands apart as well by doing its yeah. own thing. Yeah. But you've not had a Mission Impossible film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've not had a Mission Impossible since that's like this one. Aside no. from the factors of you, you never will because this is this has got sort of sp- spy no. thriller noir vibes, and the others exactly. have got like and I, espionage and I action. That. You know, it's 
Yeah, I would argue. Yeah. I, I would oh, argue that like one and one and two and are kind comedy. of their own unique feel, and then it's three and four have a feel, yeah. and then the new ones have a slightly separate feel. But yeah, I do. I do miss that. That's I wish right. they'd go back and yeah. do like a proper kind of spy noir version. But it, unfortunately, Tom yeah. Cruise wants to hang out of airplanes too much. So. That's all, yeah. yeah. The best thing we got to, uh, to that feel, in my opinion, is Munich. Yes, no, I'd agree with that. Yeah, Spielberg's. Spielberg's yeah. Munich. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, mm. Ben, what, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, all right. I mean, um, uh, in terms of um, catching up with uh, the De Palma movies, I, I didn't catch up with this one only because uh, I'd seen it so many times and it was, you know, I, I thought, well, in fact, I was going to watch it last night, but I didn't. Uh, couldn't find it for, for streaming. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I, 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 we, we all, you know, I, I have always liked this movie, and, and it, it, it is my favorite of all of them. Um, I think I said that on the original pod, and nothing's changed that uh, in yep. the intervening you know, releases. In fact, I, I didn't. I, I. I I haven't even watched the the last one. I don't think I've got it, but I just, I didn't. You know, well, you haven't um, seen it yet. <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I, I may have done. Henry, Henry, Henry I, I get confused, I get on, confused because they they they've they've become really flipping like <laughs> they're just like the same. Henry know. Henry Cavill's in it and he's got a fucking huge. Yes, I, yes, yeah, with his little shaking of yeah. his wrists thing. Yeah, that's right. Fists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get a, a real thrill out of double billing this with uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League. Um, I like to I like to watch them back to back because you just know that they were filmed at the same time. And and the, the CGI yeah, man. that that the, that Tash <laughs> is responsible for the yeah. <laughs> Do you know what one of my? I, I know it's really silly, but one of my favourite things still about this movie is the flipping theme, the the theme tune that um, Adam Clayton and um, uh, and uh, what's his face? Um, oh yeah, God. The, the other one, Larry Mullen, <laughs> Larry Mullen um, did for it. You know, um, which is the one with the, the white it, hair? Adam Clayton, isn't it? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they they did a great job on rejigging it and and changing it from five four to four four was a fucking stroke of genius. And I was like, yes, it and it's great. I mean, sort of its time, sure, but it's great. And 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 uh, I thought that was a brilliant little um, little extra bit of time. Yeah, Yeah, five four time. The original, the original themes in Five Four Time, which is I um, it's just a little bit. The groove is different. Yeah, it means it has five beats in every bar rather than four. Okay, well that's odd. So dan 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 one two three four five one two three four five. See, okay, yeah, like yeah. Next time you make a telephone call and you hear the the phone ringing on the other end, count to five in time with the two ones, the two that you hear. Like that. It's in five four. Anyway, we are digressing. Today. <laughs> We've, I've, I've then, learned something four today. Years later, so happy. Yeah. come along and shit all over it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you li- if you listen to the version on the on the first film, it starts off with the classic five four time theme from the from the TV show, you know, and then it, and then it trans trans you know, tra- transposes or you know switches into four four uh, time. And the four four groove, and it's fucking great. Anyway, Wait, all that means is you uh, could sample it and turn <laughs> it into a trance remix. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I cool. still love this movie, and um, I, the like, like, I think you've already mentioned the only thing that um, I, I always 
always dislike is is um, um, is Estevez going out so early because um, you know fan of his and that Czech henchman um, with the long blonde hair and the massive shoulder pads. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> um, the, 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 the set pieces still work. From you, know, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll get off that because we're yeah we keep going off on rabbit holes that got nothing to do with the Palmer. So I am going to be I may be controversial with this one. Snake Eyes and uh, so I'd seen Mission Impossible at the cinema. That was my first Palmer movie at the cinema. I've seen three Palmer movies at the cinema, and it's the next three movie. Well, the next two movies: Snake Eyes and then Mission to Mars. Get on to Mission to Mars <laughs> next. <laughs> Snake Eyes, though I when you're finished, Snake Eyes is I guess I'd have to call it my guilty pleasure De Palma movie because it was dragged through the mud by the critics when it came out. And and I fucking love it. Don't get me wrong, it's not perfect. It has third act issues for sure. And it certainly has a giving away the identity of your bad guy way too fucking early issues as well. You're right. But the rest of it, certainly that first half, yeah, first half is... It's all five-star uh, department for me. The camera work, the setup, just the, the way that he uh, um, has Cage uh, enter the movie and go from one place to another. And it's all done almost as like one big fake shot, going in and out of news cameras as well as they're getting there, right up to him arriving at the ring where he's like, there he is! There's the man whose life I wanted! It's Gary Sinise, you know, his best friend. And all of, all of that is absolutely fantastic. And when it goes from there, you know, when you get the assassination happened, the way that that's filmed feels very De Palma. And then obviously them going back and, and trying to figure out what's going on and looking at the footage. I'm, I'm just in. I'm in, 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 right up until the moment the bad guy gives away to us that he's the bad guy. And it's like, oh, okay. So where's this going to go? And from there, you do still get some really, really more than competent scenes from De Palma, especially when he's following people through the casino and following the girl upstairs with the, with the guy that she, you know, pulls, you know, to try and get her to safety, the, the big fat dude. And you've got cameras going over the tops of uh, hotel rooms, from one hotel room to the next, looking down on them. I've seen that shot many a time in other things. It's done wonderfully here. And it, it just kind of sort of fizzles out at the end when it comes to its climax. But it does have a very interesting character played by Cage. And, and his dilemma, I, I almost kind of feel like they, they should have kept him a little bit more sort of hard and mean as he was in the first half of the film. But, you know, okay, the guy's got to learn something and, you know, turn good, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all great. And I really, really enjoy re-watching this film. And if you haven't seen the alternative ending on YouTube, which is only a couple of minutes long, it, it's certainly vastly better than the ending well, I, was, we got. I was just about to cut <laughs> you up there and say because you were saying you know you didn't like the, did, didn't like the way it ended and I was like ah oh, so you know Stephen would have preferred that it ends with that tsunami from the original ending yeah well again when I read about that I was like mm, that seems a bit <laughs> shit but then I saw the footage on YouTube and I was like well it's still a bit shit but because it's basically God yeah. coming down and washing yeah. evil away right um, you know, whatever. But it's the, it's better than what we got. You know, just a, a van crashing through the wall and Sinise killing himself. <laughs> I wonder how much they wasted on those because those a lot of those special effects shots with the waves, the mm-hmm. tsunami were. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, mm. you, you go ahead, Sean. What do you think? Um, so 
I haven't uh, seen it. Well, no, the, so this one's got the, uh, the, it's the final De Palma special camera shot that he does um, that I've that I've been talking about throughout oh, okay. the um, entire podcast. And this one's got my favourite mm-hmm. Steadicam long shot, which is, of course, at the, at the boxing match at the beginning. I couldn't help but sort of be taken mm. back to Highlander a little bit when I was, when I was watching that that scene but um, <laughs> yeah. it was it, it was a great well, opening I really enjoyed the opening and then as soon as um, as soon as uh, what the fuck has happened to my brain Jesus Christ as soon as he's watching the boxing and he's really overacting yeah yeah come on yeah yeah and doing all that and like fist pump bumping and fucking you know doing that I was just like yeah I turned it off and had to come back to it the next day because I just I wasn't in the mood for Nick oh, Cage being Nick Cage. Wow. And then I felt like that throughout the film, unfortunately. <laughs> and I am in the camp of, well, you blew your load a bit too early there, didn't you? Um, with, uh, you know, the villain reveal. And it, I, I, yeah, mm. it sort of took me out. And then afterwards, when I was, um, when he, when I heard De Palma talk about it on the documentary, I was kind of like, um, he, he mentioned that criticism and he, he sort of explained why why that wasn't the, the the focus and it shouldn't have been. And I can't even remember what his answer was because, of course. I, I know what it was. And oh, well, you I, go I ahead, Ben, because I, yeah, I think so. all I was going to say is like the reason I can't remember is because in my mind it's like, well, that's bullshit because it took me out of the film. So, <laughs> so I don't have anything particularly great to say about this film. Um, the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Told you it'd be my that's guilty right. pleasure. On you go, Ben. Mm. Well, okay, so... Yeah, I don't. Now, I don't mind this movie, and like I said, that uh, I think we've all sort of agreed that the the at least the opening is kind of you know it's cool in in various different ways. Um, uh, one thing that I never liked about it was um, was Cage. You know, obviously Cage. You know, it's, I love Cage, but sometimes I I feel like you know, oh, he's just he's just. It's just too much. Just dial it back a little bit, please. You know, and act rather, rather than, than just, just take do cocaine that. before you the know, camera uh, roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but and and I wouldn't have minded if the if if that was him the whole time. But of course, the moment he changes the shirt, which he you know which he does. And he he, he becomes a different guy, and like and 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 I he's 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 not as much fun, although more suitable for the for the, what goes on, which is kind of a bit, I don't know. Yeah. yeah but, it's, but it's with the, the shirt the, change, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's with yeah. the shirt change. It's like, okay, that's true. So, but the, the thing about that, the reveal, like I know De Palma said that it's because he, it's because he, 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 the film wasn't about who it's not, you know, that, I mean, they, even on the wiki page, they call it a mystery suspense thriller. And I think if De Palma read that wiki entry, he might have a problem with the idea of mystery, because that wasn't what he was focusing on. That's why he reveals who it is so quickly. Mm. However, the reason that stated why he wanted to do that was because he wanted to focus more on how that affects their friendship. The, the yeah. fact that there it's suddenly it's, it's Sinise's character and Cage's character in conflict over this. But of course the problem with that is, is that Cage doesn't find out about that until he's talking to Carla Gugino right, uh, later on. Later. And there's, and there's a big fucking gap, you know, where, yeah. where that's not part of the narrative at all. And yeah. uh, so, you know, so you just get this sort of procedural stuff with, 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 with Cage trying to, you know, work the, the case 
And um, and then yeah. Sinise going around flipping willy nilly bumping people off, <laughs> <What not? laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, and 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 I get and I like the casting of Sinise, yeah, because obviously he, you know, you you always think of him as the kind of, mm. you know, whatever. I, I, you know, I don't like the casting of Stan else. Shaw as a boxer. He's about as believable as, as yeah. a boxer as fucking. Um, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. in fucking Dickstone. <laughs> too old and too fat. Yeah. yeah, he didn't he he yeah, he wasn't quite the right uh right yeah. the guy the right but guy. I like maybe, the I like but, the um, interviews that uh Cage's character conducted because then you're going back and re seeing things through the eyes of someone else and and, and their version yeah. of events. Love all that. And I must point out yeah. the music score, which because uh, it's someone different this time that he's working with. Oh, it's Ryuchi Sakamoto, isn't it? Yes, Ryuichi Sakamoto, and I, 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 I thought he did a wonderful job. Uh, I, you could tell that it that it wasn't you know the guy that he normally does who goes a little bit too fucking Bernard Herrmann in, in mm. places. I thought this guy did a superb job, and I think Gary Sinise does a superb job, especially when he has to start arguing with Cage's character and then starts having him beaten and stuff like that. I think Kate, he's doing a great job. It just fizzles out in that final walk down the corridor ending. Mm. Yeah, it's got a cheeky. Yeah. Ending beyond that, where you where you got the dead people in the fucking column. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. I can I can watch it. You know, it's not it's mm. not one of those movies that that I would say I would never come back to and, or mm. anything like that. I, I I definitely you know I I I would watch this way before ever watching Raising Kane again. Put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I actively get excited mid- about middle ground for me. Yeah, I, I actively get excited about this one, knowing that it that it's gonna you know I'm gonna lose interest in the in the third act. But there's mm. enough here for me to go. Oh, I might put that on because I love the way it starts and I love the way the camera just does that sort of wandering cages going from one person to person to person before he even gets to the fucking ring. You know, he's even having a shakedown mm. with uh, Louise Guzman's yeah. character. Yeah. But I, I, I better not go on. But so we'll consider that as an honorary mention for me from the next time we do our Guilty Pleasures show, which I'm sure we'll do a part mm. two of in the near oh. future. Last question for you guys. Would you guys want to do a top 10 Nick Cage performance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, probably. Yeah, I think that would do you know be how, Do you know how close yeah. I was to, um, to uh, talking about, uh, to mentioning Wicker Man? I can't remember which podcast we were doing, but I, I wanted to mention it. And the reason I didn't is I thought you, both of you would tear me a new one. <laughs> no, no. That, there's, there's a, there's a, I can't remember whose channel it is, but there's a, there's a film related uh, um, uh, YouTube channel where, where the opening, the opening montage is just a little montage of, of Nick Cage overacting, and it's it's literally the Wicker Man and various and it and it and it is just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> just, just these little clips of him just being fucking nuts. Yeah. So yes, I Ghost, would definitely Ghost, be up Ghost Wider two in particular are very good for that too. Yeah, <laughs> break down the door. Right, let's move on to <laughs> let's move on. Mission to Mission Mars. To f- uh, the last De Palma movie I saw at the cinema, and this just. Fucking killed me. Um, and I watched it for the... I, I must have tried to have watched it in the meantime, but I don't remember getting all the way through it. Um, and I tried watching it again for, for this pod, actually, and it just fucking killed me again. Um, what mm-hmm. T-actual F, right? 
Um, yeah. And what the fuck is going on with Gary Sinise? He looks like he's one, he's wearing a wig, even a very short haired wig. It definitely looks like a toupee or something that he's got on. And secondly, he's wearing fucking eyeliner. <laughs> There's something weird going on yeah. with the look of Gary Sinise in this one. Um, you know, Tim Robbins has is, is got his charm on for the fucking 40 minutes that he's in the damn movie. Mm. It, wastes, it wastes most of its runtime on them going there and the ship fucking up and them fixing stuff and then them having to escape and them losing the captain before you even get to the goddamn planet. And when you do get there, it, it kind of it sort of, I, I was going to say, hits fast forward. doesn't really, it's still fucking slow, but not a lot actually fucking happens when you think about it in terms of what is actually happening at, uh, on at Mars, other than what you see at the opening. And then when they hook up with Don Cheadle and then go to this place and then, okay, there's aliens and see you later, guys. I'm off to explore the galaxy. Three, three, mm. uh, you know, close encounter style. Ma- 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 maybe that's what here. you get when you base a film on a fucking ride at uh, Disney. Mm. Yeah. This, the writers was the guys that uh, created Predator, Jim and John Thomas. Mm. Yeah. Along with Graham Yost. Sa- saying that with tongue firmly in cheek, considering we had, uh, yeah. you know, Black Pearl and all that. Anyway. Yeah. <coughs> Graham Yost did Speed, Broken Arrow, and Hard Rain. So, pfft. yeah, go for it, Ben. Well, you know, it's a half baked thing it's it's it was terrible it's terrible and um uh, yeah it it just totally uh fails to deliver on every single level other than there yeah there may there's a few maybe nice um star shots you know there's a couple of there's a couple of nice Mm. shots in terms of spacey stuff but i mean you know flipping hell the alien uh thing at the end the cg was just Oh, that was very bad, and and it, yeah, it's just very half baked. And weird, weirdly, um, the, the um, you know, it, I, mean, I mean, it is a theme attraction based thing. Mission to Mars was a, a classic Disney uh, ride. Right. Um, we, weirdly and strangely enough, I, I went on the uh, the the Mars Mission to Mars. It wasn't called Mission to Mars, but Mission to Mars ride at Epcot um, with Gary Sinise do, doing the. Uh, the, the pre-show kind of thing, you know, on, on the video. Right. Uh, and yet it's nothing to do with this film. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like, it's, it, it, you know, the, 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 you know, the film's called mission to Mars, but the ride wasn't, but it has Gary Sinise in it, but it's weird. And you go to Mars anyway. Um, so that's, that's weird. Yeah. It's bad. This is really bad. Uh, everyone, you know, there's a, you know, Don Cheadle's bad and like, in, yeah. I don't know. A couple Tom of nasty Wilson, deaths uh, at the beginning. Yeah, I mean it. It just, yeah, it just doesn't really deliver. And, and like I said, it just, it, it's just very obvious that there isn't, um, there isn't a solid story, or at least there, there's not a solid kind of idea of what you want to say about about this situation. Yeah, and like you say, the the film kind of does all the all the tropes that my wife is so fond of. Uh, uh, relating back to me when she, when I ask her to watch anything science fiction-y and she'll always say, you know, is, is there a problem with the air? And I'll go, yeah. And is there, is there, is there a fire on board the ship? I'm going, yeah. You know, <laughs> do they run out of fuel? Yeah. Does someone, get, uh, you know, get cut off on in, <laughs> lost in space? Yeah. You know, she's right. I'm not watching it. <laughs> I've seen that movie. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Literally, there's a checklist and this film fails. Isn't on that, isn't that what, uh, uh, what Joanna said with gravity? 
Yeah, well, that it was that gravity was that, yeah. that was the last one she watched with me, and and after yeah. that, now it's no, you know, and then then she wouldn't watch Interstellar because of that because of that checklist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this. yeah, uh, and she's right though. Yeah, she's yeah, right. It's it's the tropes are there. There's a like, thing with these yeah. sorts of films, like yeah. whenever there's NASA astronauts or whenever there's like high achieving military personnel, um, uh, Americans specifically. There's there's this sort of sort of soundtrack (laughs) and this 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 sort of like veneer this this kind of undercurrent of like sanctimonious patriotism Patriotism, and yeah and there will be a stoic and you know it's it's, it's good men and and it just reeks of it and it's like you know they all do it Apollo thirteen did it and that's actually quite a good film and I, I I I sort of have to cringe through that that feeling I get because it's a good film but in this film because it's got no Mm. other redeeming qualities zero none except for maybe that guy dying by being fucking tornadoed into a million pieces that's actually quite good fun Um, (laughs) that was that was nasty that was nasty that shot I remember that freaking Um, me out of the cinema And again, it's only yeah, a PG. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't. I, I did actually see this nearer the time. I think so. It, it dawned on me as Stephen was talking. I do think I saw this one as well. So that's three De Palma films that I'd seen, but I don't think I had equated that it was a De Palma film. And I think I've got the same feeling now as I did then, where because of the nasty deaths at the beginning and because of the sort of, it's got Mars in the title and it's science fiction, I think I was expecting it to go along the lines of, you know, the aliens are bad as opposed to going the Spielbergian way of... You know that the the yeah that it's it does. benevolent uh, yeah just um, waiting for interesting contact, of yeah. course it it's not the only um, Mars based film made in you know late nineties slash early noughties by an otherwise pretty good filmmaker that is utter dross. Um, <laughs> Are you thinking of Red, and, Red oh, Planet? So then that'll be then there'll be three Red, Val Kilmer. <laughs> then Val there'll, Kilmer then there'll be three. Yeah. I just thought because <laughs> um, and that that's a little hint for a, a future podcast that we're doing this year. Go to Mars. Yeah, go to uh, Mars. You're thinking about yeah. <laughs> so that's that's three oh, shit yeah, Mars hell. films. Yeah. Um, I, I, I watched this. Um, Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. It uh, basically I made one note for Mission to Mars, one single word, and it's drivel. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Ghosts of Mars. I don't know. How can we make it look like Mars? Put a red filter over everything. <laughs> Do you remember that TV right. series from the 90s, Space Above and Beyond? They did exactly the same with that. It's like, like yes. we'll film it all in the desert and then just put like a, a red a red yeah. quality street wrapper over the it. camera lens. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. More on that. Oh, dear. Oh, should you get the fuck away from this one then? I do. I do wonder. Before we move on, I do wonder. Oh. You know, having having you know, Sinise having been in Apollo thirteen, I do wonder what he thought of like you know when this was like finally done. Oh and yeah, like, no, I wonder the same because he, he came off Apollo thirteen and then and then you've got De Palma, Brian De Palma going. Oh, I'm going to do a space film. They're going to go to Mars. He's probably thinking, oh, this is going to be great. It'll be, million, be like Apollo thirteen yeah. again. It'll be like Oscar nominated, and then yeah. All the glory, Gary Sinise. Uh, maybe not. Oh, a steaming pile <laughs> yeah. of dog shit. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. well, let's move on to a really good film. This is, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Just on that note, probably my least favorite department movie, I reckon. Yeah, Mission to yes. Mars. Never again. All right, so Femme Fatale comes out only two years later, and but, but because I was so just switched off from that last film, uh, I didn't see it come or go. Uh, so I assumed that it, w- it w- must have been like a straight-to-video jobby or or it just got a limited release. 
back when it came out, which is more than likely, because at this point he's fucked off to Europe and he's like, fuck Hollywood, I'm just going to, you know, do shit as outside the system as possible. Um, so I caught up with this one eventually, and I thought, all right, he's trying, trying to, to be Hitchcock you know, again. Yeah. part <laughs> of his glory day. He's trying to be Hitchcock again. Um, uh, Did you count how many split <laughs> screenshots there are in this film? I... <laughs> oh god, there's so many. But but again, it's just it's it's trying to find a likable character in anybody in this and rewatch it because when I rewatched it, I'd forgotten most of what was in this film. And when it gets to the oh she wakes up and it's all a fucking dream bit, I was just like oh fucking hell, yeah. But um, yeah, I I think this one although it's some of it's filmed well and it has moments. It feels and looks cheap. And I don't mean uh, like the Sean cheap that he was talking about with all that horrible, nasty fucking um, look that I was talking about, you know, just fucking smoke everywhere and all the soft focus. It's not quite that. He's actually using more sort of the digital look here, but it still looks and feels a bit yeah, sort of cheap. Like it I was totally done agree quickly. with you. I th- I th- uh, and with actors, with actors that aren't quite on their top game or people that can't I fucking think it's born from stop. the same place though, but Stephen. Still, I, think, I think he was using cheap yeah. cameras when he did Raising Kane, only they were still analogue or at least or video. Mm. And then he was using cheap cameras when he did this, but they were digital. So it is born from the same fucking place. Yeah. And yet at the same time you go, well, he's got access to certain things like, you know, he's got like cans of footage and stuff like that. And because he's obviously filmed it at the same time that was on. So, so he's being clever with, with you know, how, how to do things. But he's obviously working on a much, much smaller budget now doing this. Yeah, like 35 but, mil or something. Like oh, that. wow, was it that much? Wow, I thought it'd be a lot less. Mm. Yeah, but um, I don't, yeah, it's, it's not one I'm in a hurry to see again. I don't think it's particularly great for Antonio Banderas. Rebecca Roman, I, I, I've always liked her, but... Mm. Um, She's the best thing about it, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She probably is the best it, it, thing about it. But it does, it, it just kind of catches itself by its own tail by the end, I think. And it's just like, no, you could have come up with a better ending than that. But okay, you know, f- fair play for trying. But it is a, a, another sort of failed attempt to get back to what you, uh, you used to do. And I, I was kind of hoping that it would be that um, triumphant return to that. But we'll see more attempts for him doing that afterwards. But let's see what you guys think. About yeah, we'll see more, more attempts of him doing that later and failing every single time, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got I've got very little yeah. to say, to be honest. So I, I don't mind uh, passing to Ben, except for the fact that <laughs> I watched this film uh, again, like most of Palmer films, for the very first time, either on the same day or the day after I'd taken my kids to see Puss in Boots. So unfortunately, while I was watching this uh, with Antonio Banderas, all I could see was Puss in Boots on the screen. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> look down, look up. What's in your hand? It is I am Puss in Boots. Yeah. <laughs> I am Puss in Boots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, that must have been a fucking hilarious. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, like I said, I think, yeah, I think um, Roman is the best she's the best thing in it but um yeah i mean it's it's pretty awful uh, i i i the when the she kind of wakes up in the bath thing again or whatever and and, and all that and, and I, I was struggling to kind of i i must admit I, I i was struggling to figure out 
the plot. I had to look it up in the oh, end. In barely terms of the fucking coherent. I had to look it up as well, yeah. Yeah, I had to look, I had to look up who the other Rebecca Roman was yeah. that comes in the door because I'm like, I'm not at all sure what I'm, what, what is, is that, is she a vision? Because the other thing about it is, and, and this, he'll, he'll do this again in Domino. Um, it, he, he does this thing where, where the character, where her character who's come out of the bath, uh, is clearly visible, should be clearly visible to the other person yeah. in the room and they don't notice them. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even try and make it look like she's not visible. And you think, so can she not see her? Is she, in, you, know, you know, it was really bizarre the way all that was framed and kind of, you know, I, 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 I wasn't clear as to what the, what the sort of situation actually was. Um, but yeah, you're right. You do sort of struggle to, to, to kind of, keep with it and, and struggle to like any of it um and anyone in it I, I suppose banderas is kind of as likable as anyone gets in it maybe because uh, he's sort of a little bit unwitting isn't he in terms of being drawn into things but in oh, i don't know i don't know i'm not i don't even know what i'm saying really because well, I, I maybe didn't that was the characters shite. really in, in i thought they were fine mm. um the the only one that really annoyed the fuck out of me was that fucking catwalk model with the the gold diamond snake shit at the beginning that they rob off her and then you know she's uh, oh ben liked her oh no no yeah oh, i'm not i don't mean her, like that yeah. she's just you know and just fucking <laughs> I know. posing around like, know, like the Mr. entire Puritan. fucking like her entire way she holds herself is to be photographed and you just see you just see the personification of narcissism and so like when she like because she dies That's twice lovely. doesn't she because it, it happens again the second time at the mm. end she avoids it i was so happy when she got run over by that fucking truck but um yeah <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I did quite like. <laughs> whereas me, I was, I was just quite happy. Well, I, I thought that you would be all over the, um, <laughs> you know, the Rebecca Romian scene in where she's doing the the lap dance, trying to goad on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought, thought that would be good. the moment it's for you. That's it's all good it's just uh, it's just it's just not enough yeah, the film is yeah. terrible <laughs> i did quite like that slow motion yeet off the balcony though that was you know that was quite nice and uh, mm. and they, you know do you remember yeah. the the guy on the plane um she meets before she takes the identity of the other woman and um when she mentioned she's french and yeah. the bloke speaks a bit of french i swear he says ballsack Yes, Peter Coyote's yes, character. That's right. It definitely yeah. says ballsack. If you it, so, if you picture ballsack. Puss in Boots and not not Banderas, and you hear him say ballsack, uh-huh. and you just focus on the on the smart and the boobies, it's 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 not a bad film. It's all right. It's it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. All right. Moving on. face. Right. <laughs> not sure what yeah. I can do with that. How to unpack that. Um, but then again, I don't know how 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 to quite unpack the next one either. The Black Dahlia is um, it, it's up a step for me. This one, he's back to doing his his better style of filmmaking. But I think he's succeeding as often as he is failing. I think he's put puts together great scenes, great scenes on the streets, great uh, atmosphere in some scenes, like the discovery of the body camera work because it's so far back on the other side of a building. There's interesting stuff going on there visually. There are some interesting characters. There are some interesting performances. But again, in equal measure, they are working and failing. So I'm ending up... It's like tug of war, this film, for me. I, I want it to be so good. I, was, I, I heard about it coming out. I was excited to see it because it's from the same author that wrote LA Confidential. That film is fucking fantastic. 
And this one is, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just slightly broken for me. I just have trouble with it. And it's one that every now and again I go, oh, oh, I, I quite feel like watching that. And it's usually when I've seen one of his other films where he's done some of his better camera work. But you look at, say, um, Bonfire of the Vanities, there was great camera work set pieces in that. And I don't just mean the oneers, I mean just the way that he would set a scene with rain coming down outside of these grand-looking buildings with steps everywhere and stuff like that. He's doing wonderful camera work in this film, but I'm not quite sure the content in front of the camera is as deserving as it should be. So that's how I sum up The Black Dahlia. But it is great to see mm. Bill Finley, the Phantom, do a short cameo going over the balcony with Aaron Eckhart falling to their deaths. I recognize those big goggly eyes anywhere. That's one of the best bits of the film <laughs> where his head pops open on that sharp ornament of the, on the fountain, yeah. Oh my oh, God, that's like nasty, that, yeah. that hit. Yeah, that's ow. Yeah. See, for me, Stephen, you said this was a step up from the last one. I think this is a step down from the last one, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, I guess how how much you you can stand. Exactly, on the nose. I think, (laughs) you know, obviously I want to be funny and just start reeling off all the things I thought were awful about it. But I I think it ultimately does come down to Josh Hartnett, his lack of believability in that type of character. And I think being such a. Yeah, he's, he's miscast. totally miscast. And he's he's basically sort of playing the character he plays in Sin City. And he seems miscast in that, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he, he always seems miscast in everything. He, he's good and stuff. Like, I think he's good in Black Hawk Down, but he's miscast, even though he's a young dude and that, and he's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I <laughs> thought weird. the boxing fo- yeah. match at the beginning, um, I thought that was really nicely shot and, and visceral and... You know, it makes you realise the 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 effectiveness of a quality sort of um, f- filming of a fight versus one that just isn't very good, like in yeah. Rocky, for example. Um, but yeah. they never quite <laughs> got the they never quite got the Aaron Eckhart the writing of that character quite right. That the mystery of that character they never quite nailed. I always come away from that film going, "What was he?" What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that casting actually is kind of one of the things that I don't like about the film. Mm. I, I, I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm not a fan of <clears throat> Aaron Eckhart, but I don't think, I don't think he was right. And I, I, like you say, the character wasn't very well defined. Hilary Swank was kind of, I don't know. The, in fact, really Wank. the only person other than Scarlett uh, uh, Johansson, but I, 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 the only person I really kind of quite liked the casting of, at least, was Mia say, Kirshner. Mia Kirshner, yeah. Mia Kirshner. Yeah, 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 I thought she was, that was perfect. Yeah, she was um, good. Fiona yeah. Shaw wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just, and like you say, uh, Stephen, you know, you, you, mm. because this is um, uh, James Elroy, you know, it's kind of like you, yeah. you do, that the expectation is quite high that it's going to be a really good, you know, um, uh, story and uh, yeah and it just doesn't quite do it does it and I, and, I, and I can't put it down to any one factor you know I'm I, I'm you know Josh Hartnett was was a definitely the flavor of the month round about that time wasn't he yeah um but I don't guys, think he's you know yeah have you guys seen Mulholland Falls no which is another uh, LA cop 50s thing it's Nick Nolte Chaz Palminteri and it's a slightly better version of what this sort of thing is doing, although it's a very different story. Mm. 
But um, but I always think about that film when I'm watching this and vice versa, because Jennifer Connelly does a very Mike Kirshner type role in that. Right. Yeah. The, um, uh, the video game yeah, L.A. Noir is a better version of this film. Um, and it's got very similar yeah. plot as well. <laughs> yeah. Also, what is it yeah. like? Two thousand six. Yeah. Speaking of games and films, two thousand. What is it with the fucking brown color grading? You know, you had Gears of War, and then you had all the all the early Snyder films where they're all over contrasted. And you got this where he's just gone and smeared fucking marmite or dog shit over the camera lens. I just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's too much. I, I made a note, like, because obviously yeah. I'm making them as I go through. It's like, am I the only one who an hour yeah. in is bored shitless? There was a there, no. I, there was a bit I, where I, I had I to rewind yeah. it because I, you know, I lost the what the fuck was going on. I was so fucking bored. I thought it was a bit distasteful that you yeah. know Hartnett watches his partner die and then just goes and bones his missus in the next scene. You know, it's just all a bit sort of. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, he's free to do so now, isn't he? <laughs> and then they, the Without fucking guilt. dialogue well, at the end, you want to, you know, you want to fuck me more than kill me. I was just cringing throughout that scene. Yeah, Jesus that is cringe. But, that, but again, see this uh, now, 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 is that the writing or is it Hilary Swank? No, I think it's probably mm. both that. at this point. Yeah. Think, yeah, Both, yeah, probably both, yeah. Although I'm sure... There are some people who could have delivered that line. Yeah, and then I don't know if he's... This isn't the first time De Palma's done it, but it's the first time I made a note of it. Like, whenever you get to the end of a film and a title card comes up saying, The End, I, that makes me fucking wince nowadays as well. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, these are all those sort of neo-noir affectations, yeah, aren't yeah. they? That's that right. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm giving it a point for his last sort of grand effort to make a film look grand. Um, but like I said, it, uh, it 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 rises and falls as as often as it's as each other. The uh, so the sound design actually was was very very good. The gunshots were excellent. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Stuff. So we'll move on to Ben's favorite redacted. Oh God, yeah. No thanks. So he's gone all handheld. <laughs> Um, and it's only a year yeah. later, but found again, footage I, and everything. Yeah, yeah, again, I missed this one when it when it came out, and I saw it, you know, <laughs> after the fact, and sort of went through it, and just like, yeah, uh, didn't enjoy watching it again. So yeah, found footage and uh, covering a similar uh, ground that he did in Casualties as well, but nowhere near as good. So he's you know? he's um, he's watched Born Identity, and, <laughs> and then he's made this. With his fucking shaky yeah. cat. I didn't even watch it, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah. Oh, you have skipped mm. one. Oh, I'll sh- ben. <laughs> no, so, weirdly, um, I forgot that I'd seen this quite recently. I actually watched it, um, you know, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, whatever, but oh, um, <clears throat> like, and, and uh, so when I put it on to uh, to watch it for, for the run up to the pod um, <clears throat> I didn't realise w- what it was you know I was thinking oh, it's, I, I thought to myself oh this is um, you know so this is a De Palma that I haven't seen um, you know so let's, let's have a go <clears throat> but I realised fairly um, um, you know, about a third well maybe a third way in that I'd seen it um, but yeah it, it's just yeah like you say Stephen it, it's, it is a kind of retread of some of the themes in um casualty of war casualties of war but um but just done with bad actors 
yeah. and and found footage and all the kind of things that were of the moment mm. which you know when i say found footage, you know i mean camera shaky camera footage exactly, and yeah te- televised you know sort of broadcasts yeah. and stuff like that and, and and it uh, and it does the cut the thing that i hate the most uh, i think in in movies especially movies like this where you have you have real footage and real images mm. at, at, at the end or, or, and and i found that very disturbing because i i don't i mean you know we we know what you know we know that that war is horrible and that people suffer and and all the rest of it and that, but i don't want to see pictures of children with limbs missing and 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 burnt to fuck and all that i don't want to see that in, in a in a movie yeah. you know um if i want to see that i'll i'll read a book about it or i'll you know watch a news thing, thing or whatever but i i don't want that in in what is supposed to be an entertainment you know, yeah. um, and I'm not being all, and I don't mean that in a sort of, you know, puritanical or kind of, you know, any sort of prudish way. I just, I, it's just not my thing. I don't, I don't want to see that yeah. kind of stuff. In I, I agree. And, and yeah, um, I agree. I well, think you, because uh, I know some filmmakers do like using the real thing as to to strengthen their message. I'm like, no, yeah. you, can, you can still fake it uh, and and have it be your message because at least then people that really don't want to see that thing can, in the back of their mind, having seen something quite foul go well at least it was mm. staged yes yes yeah. and, and, and you know, the reality of uh, yeah. we know the reality and exactly. I, I don't want it shoved in my face when i'm watching a movie uh so mm. yeah I, I i could go you know i i i yeah not not a fan this is my absolute worst uh you know bottom of the pile for me well it sounds awesome yeah, but it's, it's oh, right well. down there next to mission to mars to me <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'll make a, mo- yeah. a note to watch this one actually <laughs> Uh, Sean, have we covered your worst one yet? No. Or is it still? No, we haven't. Oh, no, right. it's, it's not still to come. To come. It's, like, it's like the Spielberg. I was pod, just pod. thinking. No, no, I didn't oh. really give it much thought. Um, I, I would uh, uh, on the spot. Yeah. I would have to say Mission to Mars as well, but I'll I'll have a think before the end of the pod. Okay. Have a think. I want to be, be if it's like his buddy Spielberg when we got to the end of his and we all had a different movie that was the worst. <laughs> and they were all shit. Right, okay, so let's move on to Passion, uh, a film that I only saw the once and forgot and didn't have the time to watch again. Um, but again, this is him pushing the, uh, the, 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 the sexy lady stuff. <laughs> Since um, Femme Revenge Fatale. Porn. Um, but also trying to... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Who who watched it recently? They should talk first. Well, we we, we all we, uh, I, we yeah, both I watched, watched it, it I, recently. I, yeah, we, we've all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I, well, actually, Sean, you haven't talked on the last one properly, so you have a go. Oh God, where do I start? Um, uh, <laughs> Was it any good? <laughs> okay. Okay. So no, I'll be vaguely positive about this one rather than contrarian. So, so the, maybe the first fifteen minutes, I was I was sort of like eye rolling and thinking, "Oh my god!" But then, as the as the sort of um, De Palma tropes start rolling into the plot, and obviously bearing in mind, you know, I'm I'm spam watching De Palma films at this point. So, like, obviously, when I start to recognise his De Palma ness, I become more, um, you know fond of it in a way but it, that might just be the familiarity um so you know it's it, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't absolutely hammer it it's got the same problem that that femme fatale's got where it just doesn't look the 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 look of it doesn't match the type of storytelling the the sort of classic thriller 
sexy thriller type storytelling that it's going for. Just yeah. I know I know somebody much older than me who grew up with films in the seventies might not see it this way. I'm aware that I'm speaking from a point of of my age, but it's almost like it doesn't it doesn't equalize in my head. I need to see old film stock for that. Um, and and this is just way yeah. too clean and shiny and you know so yeah. yeah that's that's a massive failing isn't it the the uh, the, the digital yeah. look yeah I, yeah <clears throat> if you if this was shot like sisters was then you'd see a, a, a massive difference this is this is like someone with a digital camera wanting to do their best De Palma slash Argento impression yeah yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and it coming off um, cheap. I think the I think the performances yeah. were were largely decent. It did the 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 sort of the twist, if that's what you want to call it, um, was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't surprising that there was a twist. It, it's more that I, I couldn't quite figure out what it was. I was kind of quite pleasantly surprised <laughs> that Numi Rapace's character really was um, fucking guilty because I was expecting, obviously, the the ginger German woman to be yeah. sort of. Um, I mean, obviously, she's, she's, she doesn't exactly have clean hands, but I, I expected that it was her that did the killing of, um, of the mean girl. <laughs> um, yeah. Christine, the mean girl. yeah, Christine, who's ba- who, she's basically playing a female version of Tom Cruise's character in Vanilla Sky, it dawned on me. Uh, same type of, uh, she's like a media mogul, isn't she, and kind of a bit a bit of a shitty character. Yeah. But um, I did quite enjoy the fact she's got like a manservant who she pegs. That's quite funny. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, Dirk. Yeah, Dirk. it was. It was. You know, there's a. Cu- I made a couple of notes. I'm watching. It, like, I couldn't. You know, why did she confess? You know, um, but obviously it, it pays off. I think with the with the overall plan that she has. I thought the split screen with the ballet scene and the shower um, murder. I thought that was fairly effective and sort of a bit vintage De Palma in a good way. Um, mm-hmm. The Apple placement uh, product placement twice took me out of the film a couple of times. <laughs> It's like you know that laptop's just on, just lingering on camera a little bit too long there, uh, and I thought it was a fucking mm-hmm. cop out that it turned out that Christine actually does have a twin sister at the end of the film. Or does, or does she? she? Or does she? Was it yeah. all a dream? And they, they, you know the. <laughs> and what the fuck? There's a dead body next to my they, bed. Like the, oh yeah. So the, was there a twin or not? Yeah. No. That I made that note at the end. It's like I also love the fact. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's actually ambiguous. It's not clear whether it, well, it's just the Palmer trying to be yeah. clever again. You know, you know the copper who sort of takes pity on uh, Numi Rapace's character when he thinks that you know they've been bad mm-hmm. to her. So in all of the scenes. That's him. Yeah, in in all of the scenes, like I didn't notice this, but at the end, when he's when he's going to apologise, he's bringing flowers to her apartment. Throughout that that sequence, he looks like Vladimir Putin. It's it's uncanny, and yeah, um, <laughs> nice. it baffles me that the cops didn't go and check the the boyfriend, the manservant Dirk. They didn't check him out first. Which could totally confuse me in terms mm-hmm. of the investigation. It's like, okay, you've got this woman who's been killed. Every bit of pop culture, uh, you know, fiction about cops would tell you they're going to check the partner first, but they don't. They check Numi Rapace. So yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's got. It's. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's. It's absolutely fine. I don't feel like I've wasted my time having watched it, but I'm. I'm not going to be in a rush mm-hmm. to watch it again. Um, and that, yeah, that's that's my that's my thoughts. Nice. Mm. Well, yeah. Um, now uh, to that. I will add that this guy who plays Dirk, Paul Anderson, who apparently is in Peaky Blinders, um, but I don't watch that. 
Um, he is shit. I mean, his acting is beyond shit. I, I couldn't quite believe how he delivers his life. It's like, who is this fucking moron? Yeah, he's been you know, in a bunch um, of stuff. But he's, he's not good. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I could, every time he was, every time he said anything, I was like, no, you're shit. Um, <laughs> to give him credit, he's um, sodomized yeah. every night off camera, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I didn't go on, okay, get on with this again. I thought, nah, nah, it's, nah, it didn't, it didn't work for moi. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of anyone in it. This is the thing. Like Rachel McAdams, I, I just don't didn't believe her as as the as the kind of ruthless ad exec who steals Numi Rapace's uh, ideas and then and all that. I didn't buy that. I didn't buy the fact that she's yeah, some crazy lunatic sex fiend behind closed doors. You know, just just no, just none of it seemed to play true at all. Um, and uh, and then there was Dirk. Well, that's what happens when you, you watch know. the uh, visualized <laughs> yeah. fantasy of a now seventy-year-old filmmaker. Well, I, and I must say, uh, I, 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 it left me kind of um, wanting, but not sort of. Um, I, I want to go and watch uh, the, the the film it's based on, the French film, mm. the uh, Love Crime, um, the Alan Corneau film. Which I haven't seen, um, but I suspect that might be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So eleven years old. This film. So De Palma is in his fucking eighties now. But uh, yeah, it, it gets to the end, and it is uh, for me just it just feels cheap. Uh, not just the look of it, but just yeah. like oh, fine, you're going to give us a, oh, it's that's that's a dream, and then oh, there's this other thing going on, and. Dun, 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 dun. Who fucking cares? And the, the white mask <laughs> with the throat slash. So, oh, fuck off. Or, 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 yeah. Also, you're, you're, you're back with old uh, Pino, right? Yeah, yeah, you've so got Pino. Back. Pino's back then. on the next one and all. Yeah, and you get the flipping <laughs> bloody, you, you get the bloody Ravel's Bolero ripoff again <laughs> in this one. <laughs> it's yeah. like, just use the fucking Bolero. Yeah, anyway, he does uh, he, he does have his, his his usual guys that he you know, works with, you know, come back and work for him, which is amazing, especially considering the next one really does look like it's just fucking straight I, I to video. i tell you what, though, the, only th- the, the thing I yeah, do like, I and was, I will man. give him a bit of yeah. credit for, is, is um, and it's going to sound sort of counterintuitive because I also like it when directors do the opposite of this, but I like the fact that he's, he's, he's made a name for himself with certain, certain genres, to just, to just to loosely phrase it. And I like the fact that he revisits the same kind of ideas. So he, he's come back at the sort of twilight of his career and he's done a couple of, um, of like mystery erotic thrillers. And no, they're nowhere near as good. Um, even though I only really particularly liked one of the early ones, but I like the fact he's done that. Um, and you know, I, I can watch, um, I can watch this one, um, passion and femme fatale for what they are. Whereas interestingly, I can't watch black Dahlia like I can watch Scarface and Carlito's way. You know what I mean? I think that's done. I think he shouldn't bother with that anymore, but I'd be totally up for him doing another, even Domino, Mm. the next film, you know, I'm totally up for him doing another one of these types of films. And that, you know, if you catch them on TV late at night, I probably wouldn't turn it off, but Yeah. 
it's, I, I think it's a bit, you know, if, when you when you contrast, um, I know we need to move on to Domino. Maybe, I, no, I'll save this for when we've done Domino and we're wrapping up. All right, so let's move on. Okay, so seven years later, 2019 comes Domino. This is his last movie that he'd done and it's the last one that I saw in the trajectory. So I did actually see this one only in the last couple of weeks for the first time. And it was not quite the shit show I thought it was going to be. I was actually quite impressed again that he was attempting to put some things together. Some of it was very clunky. The whole shit with the partner that speaking of people that can't fucking act, um, mm-hmm. that, that sucked. But I did like the clambering on the rooftop. Suddenly it became Hitchcock again. Oh, look, it's um, uh, To Catch a Thief. He's taken great uh, yeah. influence from that. And I was like, well, that's a fucking change because at least To Catch a Thief is a, a more lighter uh, Hitchcock affair. But, you know, still using tension and things like that as opposed to Vertigo and Psycho and all that sort of nonsense going out of control in De Palma movies. So I like that. Although I do question uh, anybody falling from that height and fucking living <laughs> um, which no. both of those characters do. And I like the inclusion of, of Guy Pierce. I always like Guy Pierce, and you've got Carice Van Houten. And it just gets a bit sort of ABC from there onwards. And I was just kind of like, eh, I just don't kind of give a shit. But I watched it. I didn't mind it, but I didn't really like it either. So mm. I, I will, I will tag on, I guess, to the end of that. Um, what Sean said, he's looking forward to it if. Uh, if Palmer does another one of these, he'll happily watch it if it's on TV one night. I'm probably going to have second thoughts. I need him to be in a cinema. I need him to go big and bold. He just needs right. better scripts and better Id- better fi- finality of where his ideas are going. A lot of his films are just ending in stupid, crazy third acts. They either don't make sense or they're just cheap. And I'm fed up of it. I'm, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of summing up now. Sorry. So I'll shut up about it and let you guys talk about Dom and we'll come back to I, I think rounding I up Department. I can't imagine that ever happening because I think that unfortunately, sort of De Palma's narrative taste and choices and influences and style, both visual and in story, are now just so old hat. They're so dated that yeah. I don't think he's capable of. Plus, he doesn't have access to budget, no, probably. No. <laughs> um, you know, he's not. He may be Spielberg's age or younger, but he doesn't. Uh, I don't think he has access. Like Terry Gilliam, he's only got limited access to uh, funds. Yeah, uh, but limited. I mean, I, I like the fact that he's, um, he's weird-looking, like Jamie Lannister's weird-looking um, partner, <laughs> uh, who he, he ends yeah. up in a in a coma, doesn't he? And might not wake up early in the film before he does pop his clogs. I love the uh, that thing where yeah. the doctor's like, "Oh no, I think it's on a phone call." Where it's like, "Oh, it's it, you know, he's, it looks like he's got brain damage, but he lo- he looked like he had brain damage anyway." That dude, you know, the the blonde guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I found that the whole hanging yeah. off the fucking gutter yeah. of that building scene completely farcical. <laughs> Oh, 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 it didn't. Oh, it didn't necessarily look good. I just knew what. I just knew what influence he was pulling yeah, from. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it also it, the, it was like the fact that you know we're supposed to we're supposed to uh, swallow the idea that uh, that uh, Nikolai Costa Waldo uh, his character what's his name today um, that he let he he's kind of saved by the fruit that's underneath the window inexplicably. Um, and uh, but the other guy, uh, the Tarzi guy, he just falls on the fucking ground exactly. and gets up from He's that. Fine. <laughs> it's like what? 
No, I don't think so. Somehow, uh, yeah. yeah. Now this 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 one um, I mentioned earlier that there was a thing that um, you know about the uh, uh, you know uh, I think it was in Femme Fatale where he does this thing where where you know she's patently visible. Right now, this is the worst one here. That's, so you know they they've got the they've got the uh, the 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 the, uh, the suicide uh, you know shooter in the at the film festival, and she's got the camera on her and the camera on the on the on the end of the gun facing the you know right and 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 and, uh, and I what I can't quite get my head around with with the way he's put that scene together is the fact that. At, at, when he shoots the, when she shoots the, um, the actress, uh, the blonde, you know, and all that, she's already shot several people, <laughs> right? And, 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 and you think, hang on, the moment there's a flipping shot and someone's dead, it's chaos, right? Everyone's running and screaming. And yet she's already shot a couple of people. And then she like you know, walks up, the camera walks up and, and this, there's this blonde posing for the cameras that can't, and you think, uh, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, that's completely bizarre. You know, it's like, why would they still be, you know, like, no. Anyway, um, no, I didn't like that. They, he reused the flipping bloody beheading thing again from redacted. Uh, it's like, it was like the same effect, but they changed it to the, it, literally, it was the same sequence of shots um, uh, as the one in Redacted, except they they changed the head that you see at the end because it's got to mm. be the Tazi's father guy, isn't it? But um, no, uh, no. Uh, You've got to admire the Palmer's God. balls, though, doing an <laughs> Islamic terrorist plot in 2019, haven't you? Yeah, but th- th- right. So what what I wanted to say, okay, I, I mean, this film is uh, no, I, I wouldn't watch it again. I just, I think it, I think it's pretty dreadful but and and it and it doesn't even bloody end it's like again that third act thing is terrible would you watch it again if the red witch from Um, game of thrones got a tits out in this film though like like she does (laughs) yeah but no no i wouldn't no i wouldn't bother i i'd I'd just go black book instead i'd watch black book instead mate (laughs) and and that ties me into what i was going to say now so what i wanted to say was when we did when i was watching these last few Palmer movies, right? These kind of more, more recent ones. I was, I, I constantly was thinking of Paul Verhoeven and and and, and so thinking good. back to how how his career, his yeah. filmmaking took took an upswing when yes, he kind did, of yeah. left Hollywood, at, you know, and he did Black Book and L and Benedetta, uh, Benedetta, and and those, that, and they were all good. I I enjoyed all three <laughs> of them. Like, and, oh, and, Benedetta. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I forgot you know, about that. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. a serious note, Stephen, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, the, the consensus was that you know that it, it was, yeah, he was making good movies, and it, again in the twilight maybe of his career, and this film and the last one and whatever, you know, the, all the, everything sort of since whenever has been a kind of a bit sort of oh, yeah. I, I, I would love to see De Palma just make yeah something along those lines, you know, something very, yep. that he's very, very passionate about. That, One more would that, be good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, uh, uh, and, and to be serious, uh, Spielberg is actually six years younger. He's 46. The Palmer was born four, in 40. And, and also, mm. bonus, bonus, bonus note, Spielberg's middle name is Alan. <laughs> nice. So, mm. 
So his initials are SAS. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I, I don't have anything to add about Domino. Um, yeah, just a straight to video piece of crap, really. Mm. Uh, but, you know, uh, certainly better than y- your usual um, straight to video directors that you get out there. The ones that are doing all the films with Bruce Willis, for example. This feels like it's, it's got a similar cover. <laughs> that would be marketing. Yeah, it's very Willis yeah. cover, isn't it? So, and, and yeah. that, that really doesn't fucking help it. But it, he is a better director than that still, but he is a pale um, shadow of his former self. And it's been, well, by our estimation, since the 90s when he did a, 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 a good film. You guys didn't even like fucking Snake Eyes. So for you guys, it might even be Mission Impossible. It might be close to 30, you know, 25, coming on 30 years since he's made something truly great. For me, it's, it's the late 90s. Mission to Mars, I hate. Femme Fatale, you know, didn't really give that much of a pass. Black Dahlia, I wanted to say nice things about, but it was it was tugging at me. And the rest is utter crap. Tugging at you. So I'm sorry mm. I but asked then, you guys but, but, to cover this. But the trouble, though, I think, is that he his, um, his work rate took a big, yeah, that's a good down, time. Didn't it? Yeah, exactly. There's not that many films. Yeah, um, especially in the last sort of know. fifteen. Well, since Redad, yeah. there's only been two. You know, he, he had a five year yeah. break and a seven year break, and it's been four years now. Exactly. Maybe he's working on something. Who knows? Maybe he is. Yes. Who knows? But mm. uh, yeah. So again, uh, yeah. Apologies, guys, for <laughs> making you sit through all these. <laughs> but hey, we, we, we got four hours of conversation out of it, so that can't no, be I do. Bad. Do you know what? I, I enjoyed yeah, the research side of it, and I enjoyed the fact that I can now say, you know, I've I've seen De Palma's filmography, given that he's he's considered one of the greats. Mm. Um, and I don't really, so it doesn't really bother me the so, fact that I didn't like about ninety percent of his films. Um, <laughs> so don't feel bad, Stephen. <laughs> well, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. One of you, well, you guys get to pick what director we do next, the, and, and then the, I'm stuffed. The, there's always, there's always Phantom of the Paradise there to go is, back to. To be fair, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in my top five. So you got, you got Blowout yeah. and Carlito's Way Beef. for me are particularly good. Blowout, yep. Yep. Yeah, there's some, yep. there's some great stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Casualties of War. I'll throw in there, Untouchables, and potentially Mission Impossible as well. And like I said, I've. I've got a lot of love for um, Snake Eyes. First half of Snake Eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Starface, <laughs> I still quite like a bit. And Carrie, I, I guess, is, is is good for what it is. And Body Double is good fun. And maybe Dress to Kill is my sneaky 11th. Should I do a 10 and 1 for luck? Hey, right? Do you know what? I can't remember if I said this on the last... Um, sorry if anyone... If we do release this as one, um, we, we've recorded this in twice. So when I say the last podcast, I can't remember if I mentioned this... In, in having watched everything, you know, that, and despite my criticisms when we were discussing the films in detail earlier, there is something to be said for that that sort of trilogy or quadrilogy of films, you know, with with Dress to Kill and and Blowout and um, and uh, Body Double, you know, there, there is there's like a, a uniform vibe to them, and that there is something to be had out of them, you know, if you watch them in 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 sequence. Mm-hmm. So, I've kind of like my opinion has softened as I've gone more through his filmography, but that might be down to the fact that the last 25, 30 years of his films were fucking shit. So, you know, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Carrie is well, Carrie's also are. up there for me. Yeah, I'd watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Stuff. 
stuff. It's not a grave. But it's it's, yeah. it's kind of like it, when you look back at the all the friends that were together, your Spielberg, Scorsese, uh, De Palma, obviously, Coppola, Coppola Paul Schrader. Somehow George Lucas is uh, in George there. George Lucas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all, yeah. out of all that group, it feels like uh, Brian De Palma is kind of the, 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 the black sheep of the family um, or even the Gilliam of the bunch. Possibly. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, I would say. Um, yeah, but so he so, so I appreciate the fact that he's tried to do different stuff. He hasn't had the success uh, of his peers in that sense, but he's definitely had successes. And where he's mm-hmm. had successes, a lot of it them depends do how that. you measure so success. I'm to be honest with you, I mean, fucking film scholars in universities bang on about De Palma still. Uh, admittedly, he didn't he probably hasn't made as much money as Spielberg, or his films haven't made as much money. Yeah. But I think his his work no. is regarded at least edu- um, academically fairly highly. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's because he because he likes to push. And pushing the envelope doesn't necessarily mean being risque. Sometimes it means just, you know, do we agree with this or not that a filmmaker should have created these images? That's that's where a lot of the yeah. questions come up. Not necessarily always a great filmmaker, just that he's mm. you know, uh, crossed the, you know, stepped stepped on the line a few times. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. But, um, hey, well, we can argue that stuff for another day. Let's get out of here. Let's let everyone go. Mm. Thank you, everybody, for if you have listened to both parts. I might do well a top 10 and one for luck on our YouTube channel. If I do, it will just show up one day. It will be there. But do go and check out our YouTube channel where it's primarily me talking to myself <laughs> on the short videos that we've <laughs> so been far. posting there so far. But uh, I've got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed so far. With, so I'm getting better at doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm editing the, the audio a lot more, so I'm... I'm stuttering less. I'm going uh, 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 um, a lot less, cutting all that out. So, that, so they're at least bearable to watch um, with you know video footage and still uh, images and stuff like that as well. But uh, we'll be back on there soon. Uh, I mean, Ben's going to join me for a couple. Hopefully, Sean will join me for a couple. Hopefully, all three of us will show up and do something on there at some point. It will just be a matter of what we uh, fit Definitely the time. Definitely all in the above. But yeah, indeed. Going into next month, I'm going to make no promises, but we are. Hope, hopefully things will get musical, but we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. He, he doesn't mean musical in the way that okay. you're taking it either. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Five, four, time. Here you go. That's the takeaway from today. 